0: Geek shock. Geek shock.
1: (laughs) Silver and gold. Well, what do you think of our friend Cornelius? Seems all he thinks about is silver and gold. Silver and gold.
2: Silver and gold. Everyone wishes for silver and gold. Speaking of right, Wayne Static, one thing I've always wanted and never had a good metal screamer. I could never do the good metal scream. Well, really,
1: you can do the Cookie Monster scream, right?
2: Well, sure. You just buried, yeah. You dig deep for that. But I'm, but I'm talking. He's talking. The, like I'm talking uh, the King Diamonds. Ah! Yeah,
3: uh, ah! like the, ah! the Iron Maiden. Ah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ronnie Bruce, James uh, Dio. Yeah, that mm-hmm. whole thing.
2: i like a rainbow in the dark. Yeah, the what? the Ronnie James Dio.
3: Dio. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Hell yeah. Nope. It's hard to go. It is. Well, you have to work up to it, and you that's the drug that's the problem. <laughs> and you, well, yeah, <laughs> that too. But, but the Bruce Dickinson has one of the best. Yes. Rock, you know. I
2: will I will concur
3: with concur. Heavy that metal screams, and he does starts with that that all oh, that does that goes help you work that, up to it, though. and and he nails it. Like it's just yeah. you're just like you can't help but do the Malloy and and yeah, I can shake get th- your head. I can get
4: three quarters of the way, but then I have to drop away, <laughs> I'm, then I'm out. Yeah, I've actually never had the desire to do that. It's interesting. It's, huh.
3: I've tried once. And it's an eighties child thing, I think. But yeah, well, yeah. It's like that. That first time you hear like the Trooper or something, and you're just like, "Fuck yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah!" <laughs> you know, it just it really gets you going. You know, uh,
2: sure. And not all medals have it. I mean, no, not all. Dave Mustaine him. does not have a medal. No, he does not. Anyway,
3: and, and, and just and, and fine. Neither does. Uh, uh, you're right. right he uh, doesn't uh, either. <laughs> it's like my brain is like it's like starting and stopping right now Rex Smith
2: <laughs> Welcome to Focus Geek Shock number 262 I am Master Torgo
4: These balls 80's Jeff Fact checked, Andy. And-
2: we're to talk. We can geek when you did these balls like that. Mm-hmm. I've got these eyes. Go- exactly
3: go- exactly go- these balls exactly have seen a lot of balls, but well, they're gonna see another anything. ball <laughs> like I see those, on you. Those, those balls see they a lot of balls. I haven't seen anything. Fine,
4: <laughs> <laughs> eyeless balls. Thankfully, you need to put the googly eyes
1: on them. Oh, can you imagine <laughs> if your balls had eyes? Wow, your wife would be like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> you'd have to wear you'd have to wear pants that had your balls sticking out so you could see, like right. or maybe
2: like a small window.
1: I guess,
3: but we don't. it probably
1: be more acceptable to have your balls
2: out if they saw. <laughs> yeah,
3: uh, would, that, have to. Have to. would that be like one of the tricks they try to do in waiting? You know, with the with the, the, the the like that what was it the, the hamster, bat? Oh, the bat, yeah. and the uh, the no, Abraham I'm Lincoln. If we had
1: evolved to where our eyes were on our balls, we didn't oh, have eyes in our face. I
4: see, and we looked through our
1: balls. Yeah, then yeah, you'd have weird. to cover your
2: head with underwear because
1: that's
4: the gross part. Maybe. Wow. Who knows? So, so your wife doesn't listen to this show, does she? No, very rarely. Oh, so, well, then, you know. She's, save she's, it for Valentine's she's Day, She's painfully.
3: She's painfully aware <laughs> of the way his mind works, though. So, <laughs> <She knows. laughs> hello on it. Just, just and married our, him anyway. Uh, so, eight you know. year anniversary. So. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. We wow. went
1: to, uh, what do you call it? Aliante Resort because everything else was sold out in town because of SEMA. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. God, it was a crazy weekend. Convention. Uh, so, we went there and. Uh, it was great fun. Gambled our butts off and didn't lose our shirts, which is great. That's a big plus. Um, I played the new Star Trek game, which is really cool. And I played a new Beetlejuice game, which is really cool.
2: Nice. I've seen the Beetlejuice. haven't seen the Star good. Trek.
1: We also doubled up on, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, nice. She and I both played that one for a while. It's good.
2: Yeah.
4: You're so talking we, about okay. slot machines, not... Slot machines. Okay. Slot machines, yes. yes. And slot <laughs> machines
3: in North Las Vegas. Yeah. In north, north, north Las Vegas. Yeah, so far it's north true Las north, Vegas. So
1: far north in Las Vegas that it's the town of north Las Vegas. It's not even north <laughs> It's not even North Las Vegas. It's the town of north Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had to go that far to get a room rate that was a decent deal. But it was a very nice room, very well-appointed, very nice casino. We had a good
4: time.
3: Uh, had yeah. I known you um, were doing that, I, I have a friend that works there and might have been able to cut you the deal i'm pretty well, sure next the,
4: time. Uh, i'm sure bonnie springs probably had rooms open
3: probably <laughs> you're
2: probably right they have those great theme rooms you can
1: oh go
4: lord
3: should have gone down to mesquite mesquite's not a far drive and we it's, had uh, hours oh, okay. we went for we went <laughs> no. on
1: neither of us neither of us missed any work We. Went, i left right after work we went right after i got off of work on friday and she got done with work on friday and we went there spent the night and then i went to work on saturday she had saturday off which is good. That sounds like an eight-year anniversary. Yeah, it was an eight-year anniversary, <laughs> man. I'll tell you. Well, we never had a honeymoon even. We just, you know, we're both of us too fucking busy with shit. Uh, I always have been. So, one of these days. So, these she days.
4: doesn't hang out with you enough to get annoyed with you?
1: Uh, No, it's funny. Like, she wants to hang out with me more, usually. But then sometimes she's just like, all right, go do your thing or whatever. <laughs> but we don't see each other that much because we work very opposite schedules and mm-hmm. just work a lot. Um, we catch up Wednesday is our Hangout day A little bit But now I've got A lot of stuff Going on Wednesdays too So it's tough It does make it tough. Because you're insane Uh, Yeah well I slept All day today To catch up Because I was just <laughs> like Ugh I've been beat My arm is finally Getting better Good Uh, Slowly but surely I'm going to go Get a little bit Of physical therapy on it
4: Yeah what happened With that I
1: don't know I don't know Which just kind of catchy But when I went I went and saw My GP yesterday And he did kind of A little bit of tweaking And just moving it Around a bit And it's That helped it a little bit, too. Also, I cleaned both of my bathrooms on Sunday. That was a four-hour. I called you. You were in the middle of it. Yeah, that was a (laughs) four-hour endeavor. It was good, though. I mean, I really went to town. But I used my arm like crazy, scrubbing and everything. And so I think that kind of just helped loosen everything up and get things going again and get the blood flow back. So I just need to do a little more exercise. Did you put
4: up Hmm. a sign that said, you know, our aim is to keep the bathroom clean. Your aim will help? Yeah, he did. <laughs> I was like, Even you know, for it's himself, just, it's just exactly. Yeah. It's just me and my wife, and I pee sitting down anyway, so it's fine.
1: No, I don't. You could, <laughs> I, I do because it allows me to read more. Uh, there, you there are uh, plenty of dudes do. More power to you. Absolutely. I'm I'm a I'm a stand peer
4: for the most part. But. Feet or feet hands
1: feet or hands as far as getting my dick out
4: and peeing with it? <laughs> no, as far as standing on your feet or you standing on your hands. Oh,
1: I stand on my feet. Okay, I yeah. thought you meant like, do I use my feet to hold yes. my dick while do, I pee? Do you I masturbate do... with your
4: prehensile toes. <laughs> 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 Only I had that kind of flexibility.
1: If I had that kind of flexibility, it'd be a good, good day. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't. Any geeky things you want to bring up, gentlemen?
3: Yes. Uh, I went and saw Interstellar last week. Hearing um, good things. Got to see it early. I'm hearing um, middling
1: things. I'm hearing mixed bag
3: Well, and I will address that right now. Mm. It is not a perfect film for everyone. Okay. But for a select group of people like science fiction fans and science fans. That's
2: what you want for your blockbuster. It is a perfect
3: film. Um, I don't think he set out to make this film for everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, This really worked well for me because I love space space exploration and science and, and, you know, the theoretical physics and stuff that are incorporated into this film. It is very heavily science-driven. Okay. So... Which I, I can see and, in an And I can see, having read some of the negative reviews, that the reviewers don't understand the science. And oftentimes, when people don't understand the science, it turns them off. Sure. And I can understand that. You know, it's not their cup of tea. But it is very heavily rooted in... Uh, theoretical physics, and uh, in fact, there was uh, a discovery made out of the visual effects uh, development for this movie. I read that Uh, story too. Really? uh, Well, I haven't. What's going on with this? The theoretical physicist that worked with the the scenic artists, the, the graphic artists, the CGI artists on this film, they developed an algorithm that would show what light being driven into a black hole would look like since you can't actually see the black hole because of the uh, the uh, event horizon and sure. so forth. It literally The blocks. gravity just takes it, right? But you would see how the light would appear going into the black hole hmm. as it is being drawn in and all the particles and so forth. And it was the first time that they were able to accurately generate... What it would look like to the naked eye, looking out at the event horizon of a wow. black hole, as well as the wormhole that they use in the film. I'm not giving anything away. Mm-hmm. This this is all stuff that's been out there. Even if you've not even read the reviews, it's it's out there. But what a wormhole would look like were one to uh, an artificially created wormhole to exist, because it is a three dimensional thing. You are so you this could, to me by the way. You could approach it yeah. from any angle and enter and. The way that it is warping space-time on both sides of this wormhole is going to generate uh, a warped visual sighting of what the other side of the wormhole is going to look like, as well as warping the visuals of, you know, this side of the wormhole. So, uh, when they in the film when they approach this wormhole, what it looks like say to wormhole them again. is say
1: wormhole again, motherfucker. <laughs>
3: Is what it would look like theoretically were one to exist. So it's yeah. uh, okay. it's really to me it's completely fascinating, and the the acting is is very good. It is um, McConaughey. It's McConaughey, and I, I won't say this is his best performance because he is dealing with a the, a that somewhat, commercial.
2: That's his best performance. That driving commercial.
3: Well, my my opinion is it. because it's such dry material. Because it is very heavily science based. Okay. Like for me, I'm I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, seat paying attention to the whole thing. Sure. And 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 a lot of this I am familiar with, so it was right. interesting. But to you're see also it. a very science-oriented Yes, exactly, exactly. So, so let me ask you this:
2: uh, Originally, Interstellar was attached for Spielberg to direct. Uh-huh. Once, once upon a time. Yes. Uh, Spielberg being more an emotional director, warm yes. and fuzzy, right? That goes on to Nolan. Yes. Do you think that's part of the problem with it that the, um, the emotional stuff does not strike because no one's not really an emotional guy when it comes to his films
1: does it suffer from not having e.t yeah. <laughs> every um, movie does he
4: doesn't with e.t and everything but you know it would have been like some cute little he put it in Amistad. i'm, I'm,
3: I'm Did trying to see it it's an no. easter egg i'm trying to think how to address this without <laughs> the guy in the back row <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. hey guys anybody else really uncomfortable
3: uh. Unfair, unfair. <laughs> I'm trying to think how to how to address that without spoiling an element of the film. Um, yeah, don't. there there's a theme of, I should say, a misunderstanding of quantum physics that says that once you imagine something, it become it it is brought into existence. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know. It, really what it is is once you have measured something it it now has those properties and up until that point it could be anything it's that whole uh, Schrodinger's cat yeah, you know 100%. it's a, it's both alive and dead at the same time but until you open the box you don't really know for sure um, so there is I would say metaphysics there is an element of metaphysics metaphysics excuse me that is brought into the film mm-hmm that really does not work if you understand real physics and quantum physics and theoretical physics. Right. Because well, so there is hokey dokey it's, it's, there. There is dokey bullshit a, science in
1: there. Well, I think it's I think a, very, it
3: almost, a very, very, very small part but that's of the, the film. That's the complaint that
1: I've been hearing from a lot of people. It's like, yes. this is not science. This is crazy shit.
3: Again, but, it's, it's a very small portion of the film. It does not. Necessarily ruin the whole film, but it with all the heavy science-based it
1: story sticks out like a sore thumb.
3: I, I won't even go that far. They work it into the film like a sore To weenal. me, it has no place being in the film, but mm-hmm. I don't think it completely detracted from everything else.
4: That's my personal opinion on it. I mean, uh, the guy from Cosmos was was raving about it, right?
3: Yes, uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, he addressed most of what was in the film and praised it for its use of real science and real research, and um, and that was the one the one knock on the film was the 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 metaphysics that is brought into it, sure. Yeah, and yeah. and I can't
2: think of any really heavy science based movie that didn't have some kind of woo or hokum to it. Yes, woo so, hokum.
3: It certainly, I will say, woo, it certainly hokum. has a lot less of that hokiness than a lot of other science fiction films. And I and I'm a huge science fiction nut, so I've seen a lot of films, many that our audience probably has never heard of. But yeah, I, you fools. Yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> There's there's a lot of really cheesy B movie science fiction films. I have seen far more science
1: fiction than anyone here in this room. Probably more than anyone listening on the internet.
3: And then, fuck you, internet. No, it's not. Challenge me. Challenge me. Throw the gauntlet in
1: my face if you must.
4: (laughs) What I was going to
3: say is that that by no means is a suggestion that they go out and see some of these films because some of them are utter garbage. (laughs) Some of them are utter garbage. I have
1: seen the worst movies ever made. I pride myself on terrible film choices. I've seen
3: of course, Iron Sky MST four fan. times. Well, Mr. Theater is a, theaters, a, deliberate, yeah, a you, deliberate choice to watch Are you telling movie.
4: me that the science of Hello Comes to Frogtown is flawed?
3: No, that one's true. That one's spot on.
4: That one nailed it. I mentioned that movie a lot and I've never actually seen it. I've just seen the, Kavita, but anyway,
3: the cover. But um, I really enjoyed Interstellar. I I would recommend it, given what I have said here if you love science and you love like real science in your science fiction, this is going to be the film for you. If it's not your cup of tea, it's probably best to wait Drink for coffee. it to come out on video. Uh, I'm
4: with Torga. You sold me on it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'll,
3: I'll probably see it Thursday. I'm, I also got caught on. up on, uh, uh, the current season of arrow. Now you're up as you're well as, uh, I started, uh, I'm like two episodes behind on the flash, but wow. I think, no, oh, and I just happen to be wearing the flash shirt today. I just realized, uh, I like it. The power of suggestion, I like yeah, I know, right? Uh, I like it. It's it's a little bit more cheeseball than Arrow, but because of the nature of the Barry Allen personality, he is kind of a a goofball and you know, wisecracking. Sure. I, yeah, I've, gotten, I can a I've tone. gotten far
4: enough into the second season of Arrow that Barry Allen's appeared, and yes. and and I assume he has his superpowers because he got the 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 incident where he gets
3: the superpowers yes. occurs. Yes. But uh, yeah, he's in a coma, and that's where, where I'm at right now. And I had held out because I wanted to make sure that I caught all of the stuff in the season two of Arrow that you know introduced the Barry Allen character. Mm-hmm. But they did it in a very brilliant way with the actual series for The Flash. They recapped all of that in the first episode. Mm-hmm. So it is it is helpful to have watched season two of Arrow and, and the couple of episodes where Barry Allen is in it, but it's not necessary to go forward and enjoy the Flash standalone. So if anybody is on the fence about it and maybe has missed the first or second season of Arrow or the current season, you can start it without needing... I'm, I'm, I'm
4: fairly deeply into the second season. And my complaints about all the murder in the first season still stand. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
3: it does get so,
4: so good by the Oh, you, by, think it, yeah. you
3: think it, you think it, wait till you get to the end of season two yeah. and the beginning of season three. Your mind is just going to, you, you know.
2: You guys are making me excited to see Arrow.
3: Yeah. I'm yeah. Just saying. I, I really enjoy it. I'm, I am now the only person in this room that has not seen I'm Arrow. surprised I did not, I that I held out on it for so long. But I just.
1: I'll tell you what's good about Arrow. It's that guy. Fall asleep on it. Well, I do fall asleep to it every day. I fell asleep to it today. I still have, like I'm watching season two, but I haven't seen but maybe 20 minutes of it. But I'm on episode 12 or something. But
4: I haven't seen any of it because I fall asleep. But you uh, start over because there's some plot points you might be missing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it got it's it's got its healthy share of poo poo actors, but it's got a healthy share of really good actors too. That's the thing. And uh, the guy from Spartacus is in it. The guy who was... Kirk uh, Douglas? Nope. Nope. The TV series. <laughs>
3: I Are you wish. talking about Emmanuel <laughs> Bennett who plays... Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, Who's yeah, he playing? Uh, oh, yeah, regret. Deathstroke. Oh, he's pretty damn good. Yeah.
1: He's really good, and if you haven't seen the uh, Spartacus television series, watch the Spartacus television series. It's wonderful. Sam Raimi. It's gory and
4: mm. booby and... It's about Lucy yeah, Laws and boobs boobie. in it. So and, yeah, okay. uh, did,
2: did anybody else here see too many cooks from Adult Swim? I keep seeing the link. Uh-uh. That I? might be my new favorite thing. Really? Do
1: you remember Space Adventures in Space, the Space Stories?
2: No, I don't. The but forty-eight I like hour this. film festival that we did. Oh wait, yeah, okay, yeah. We
1: basically <laughs> our thing is the same. We didn't. I wanted to push it and do nothing but what they did, but I put a link up on my page. We we'll have to put it up on on our page too, but it's the same it was the same idea we did this five years ago with 48hour film Festival. love it Can't you're, you're the
3: president space. of space right I wasn't the president of oh. space
1: but it's it's not the the space thing it's the way we start off the the show it's the same thing that too many cooks did they just took it even further but it's wonderful
2: uh, if you haven't seen too many cooks I don't want to spoil it except to say it is a beautiful homage to the opening sc- Credits of eighties and nineties television.
4: Yeah, so go watch Too Many Cooks and come back. We'll discuss that next week. It's really good. Um,
1: yeah, our smarf was Tandle four. <laughs> what? <laughs> that that was watch, the, watch, that watch, was a, just a random <laughs> set of our smarf was Four. Yeah,
4: our
1: <laughs> smarf was Tandle four. You can see it.
4: Yeah, is that just because you have a whole mouthful of those those no. Swedish fish frogs? I am not.
1: I am not mincing words. Our smarf was Tandle four. If you watch if you watch Too Many Cooks and you watch Space Adventures and Space and Space Stories. That makes perfect sense to me, right? Yeah, now. you know, you know. Wow. You
4: remember. Right over my head.
2: Well, and, and I, I know we get complaints that sometimes we talk about things that people don't understand.
4: That might be the most. That's a pretty obscure yeah. thing.
2: There's <laughs> about wow. 10
1: people that really know what the fuck obscure I just said. Obscure pop
3: culture reference. So but one of
4: them is in a room, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So Anything I, else before we begin yeah, this? I, I, uh, I went to the Steampunks on a Train event out of Boulder City again. That was fun. Steampunks on a Train. Yeah, it's a, it's a gathering the Steampunks in town I think their fourth year, and they just meet out at the train out of Boulder, uh, Boulder, Boulder City and uh, ride the train out our, in their crazy Steampunk gear. Did you throw Steampunk Mama from the train? We did not. We should, though. That'd be fun. <laughs> it, was, it was actually a relatively uneventful ride this time. One, one of the rides, we actually staged a robbery, but uh, we, yeah, then we had, yeah. <laughs> But actually, they enjoyed it so much. They're not so much that they're going to go back and do it again in a month for Christmas. They're gonna oh, go. The, the Christmas version. We're do a Christmas ride. On the 20th. I
1: need to yeah. uh, build a costume and join you. You uh, should. Well, for Halloween, for a Halloween episode for uh, the um, the uh, ice cream social, we did all these fan requests. Uh, I basically did voice costumes. Oh, so they came mm. up with all these different characters for me to do, and one of them was a. Cockney steampunk female robot named <laughs> Tessa Coils. Tessa nice. Coils. And so that was a really fun time doing Tessa Coils. You can hear her did, on the, uh, the the ice cream social Halloween episode, did, which is really fun.
4: Did you see the Key and Peel steampunk thing? No. Oh man. Yeah, it was good. Cool. one of the guy rolls up in like his bizarre steampunk app and goes, What the hell is this? It's steampunk. What's steampunk? Jules Verne and shit. The other thing I did that I didn't think was going to be geeky Was I went to the uh, uh, burlesque festival I went to the Saturday night show of that The burlesque festival Yeah And so I once saw this uh, three hour burlesque show Um, It's a lot of burlesque It's a lot of burlesque And it was a lot of variety But uh, (laughs) they did uh, Somebody did a routine to the Sorcerer's Apprentice Uh, Oh wow Somebody did the line uh, Really Actually if you go to YouTube I found it on YouTube the same routine They did a routine to Uh the lion sleeps tonight. Okay, I thought just... you were going to say the Lion King. and I was about no, no. to get really excited. Although I... it was, it was actually the person I was with leaned over Domingos. This is a little kitty pornish. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, and the furries are happy too. <laughs> but uh, that, and then there was a, a guy named Ray Raygun. There was only like two male performers, and Ray Raygun came out and, and did a perform, did a uh, really good dance to um, uh, the Sherlock Holmes theme from uh, the. Um, the, uh, the, BBC Robert, Downey one? Ju- no, the okay. Robert Downey Jr. No, the Robert Downey Jr. Oh, wow. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. That stuff.
2: <laughs> Heyo.
4: oh Ray gun! I gotta, What's I gotta bring out
1: ridges? my, uh, burlesque piece. I, uh, Whoa, look at the size of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do it to, I do it to silver and gold. <laughs>
4: The, uh, the, from by from the Red-Nosed Reindeer? yeah, silver and It's my Burl
1: Ives burlesque. Oh,
2: God. That's a visual.
1: <laughs> and the, the, the cappers I take off the mustache at the very end.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, and put it down below. That Burl Ives thing was the whole, uh, the, uh, Ren and Stimpy thing there was a whole weird Ren and Stimpy song that was based on the fact Happy that, Happy
2: Joy
1: Joy
4: yes but just based on the fact that Burl Ives did that the that Silver and Gold but he also did the, was it Big Daddy and what that was it Cat in the Hotten Roof or All something kind of he's just this, this vicious abusive monster in, in something about the same time he was doing the, did that uh, yeah okay thank you for bringing <laughs> Silver
2: and Gold back into my earwormed brain news you don't give a shit about Yay. Silver and gold. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one. Uh, I don't know why I keep bringing Spider-Man rumors to do shit, give shit about. Because again, I try to stay away from. It's because we don't give a shit about <laughs> it's it. It's true, but it's just every time I run into one, I'm like, wow, that that just ups the ante of crazy. That.
3: <laughs> Welcome to Sony Pictures. <laughs> Are they now basing it on a Broadway play?
2: <laughs> that that would be a step in the right direction, I think. But so there's a rumor going around right now. It's that Sony. Uh, Avi Arad and Matt Tolmach are looking to make a spy thriller starring Peter Parker's Aunt May. The flick would be set in the youth of a pre-Spider-Man Mary Riley Parker Jameson. Here's what, and it's from Latino Review who really gets the scoop on some shit. We've discussed that in the past. Yes, a movie about Aunt May as a youth before she was shouldered with the responsibility of raising Peter Parker. The target mood is some sort of espionage story in the vein of AMC's Mad Men, which sounds like a way of saying a classier Agent Carter without naming Marvel's upcoming series. Uh, Again, it's not official, so take it with a grain of salt. Back in 2003, Mark Miller penned a romance miniseries called Trouble. Did you read this? I didn't know. All right. Uh, Trouble, think it would be a new origin for Spidey. Uh, The story featured Aunt May... Uncle Ben, Richard, and Mary Parker as teenagers. In the story, a teenage May was the one who became pregnant with Richard's child, making her Peter's real mom, giving up baby Peter to Mary, who ultimately took the secret to her grave. Fans hated it, so that was the end of it, and Spidey's parentage reverted to what it was before Trouble tried to screw it up. So, yeah, they're looking They're gonna do that again. I don't know if that's, like what that's what they're, they're going to do, doing. but it, I, it, it doesn't like sound like a spy thriller to me.
1: Who, <laughs> man, just stop! I, you know, I've, I've been out of the loop. <laughs> well, you know I'm, what makes no fucking sense about this. I'm oh, like, like every word, every of word sense. of it. Well, yeah. first of all, I'm like, okay, sure, do do a May Parker story because you've got um, what's her name, flying nun locked down for a couple uh, more pictures. Sally right? Field, right? Sure, you know, you know, you got a third picture deal out of her. You want to use her? That makes sense. And they probably will use her in this movie as like flashback kind of thing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It'll be like the Titanic woman dropping a diamond in a river, right? There you go. That's what they'll do, I'm sure. I'm sure 80% of this idea is, guys, Sally Field anchors a wonderful female tale. They say there's no movies out there about women. We'll show them. Here's our woman comic book movie. But there's not a superhero thing involved, and they're gonna twist and fuck with it. Prequel stuff doesn't work. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Stop it. Tell new stories, tell unique stories. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop retconning everything. You just reinvented the series two films ago. Stop it! You are an impatient, ignorant lot.
3: And and, well, and, and they're going got... to get
1: rid of Andrew Garfield, which is the biggest mistake of all of it. Well, if seriously, you how, so? that's what I feel. Well, no.
3: they they signed him and Emma Stone to four picture deals. So, in fact, the rumor I didn't bring from last week, because every week it's a new one, is that
2: they're bringing back Emma Stone into the Spider Man because. Which that's is, the only thing yeah. that people really liked about the last movie. Because
3: that was like what, when they did the first film. That was like, you know, the they chemistry. signed her to four pictures and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but they killed her off in the second film. How are they going to? Is it just going to be all flashback stuff? Like, one word uh, for
2: you, baby. Clones. That, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's,
3: that's, and that's been, that was when I
1: was a kid. The Clone Saga is what stopped me reading Spider-Man in the first place. That, that, like, that's that's the, the only thing besides Brand New Day that stopped me reading Spider-Man.
2: I've never read the Clone Story, but I know yeah. it is one of the most infamous controversies it's of shit. comic book history.
1: It's super shit. It's so dumb. Scarlet Spider and all that other weird shit. And he he comes back and nobody cares. And
2: So if I remember right, the gist of it is that this... For a long time Peter Parker actually stepped away. This was a clone of Peter Parker being Spider Man and after
4: they, they kept, meet. I can yeah, tell you the very I mean the very beginning of it is there's an back when I was actually still reading Spider Man, there was a um, issue where he was cloned and uh, the clone ended up dying and there's a scene where he carries the clone up and drops it into a chimney. And uh, he, he drops it into the chimney of an industrial chimney. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like like no, Santa no. Santa So it'll never be found at that point. <laughs> right. Um, and that's where it was left off for those of us who stop reading comics 20 years ago. Worst Christmas ever. Right. <laughs> now, no. Dead Spider-Man. Oh, I didn't want a dead Spider-Man. But, yeah, they, they, But from that, well, I mean, I think there was probably 10 or 15 years after that
3: happened, they brought in this whole clone saga.
2: That it's been a fake peter parker all this time yeah
3: now now correct me if i'm wrong because i you're wrong i've never watched or excuse me, rather never read any of the the gwen stacy uh storyline mm-hmm. spider-mans but she did not die when he when he rescued her right it just broke her back and paralyzed her right she had A heart attack she had a heart No, th- she died she did die yeah, in the comics died. then okay because i was always uh, uh, always under the impression that she survived but she was paralyzed and she didn't want to have anything more to do with him and blah 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 and he no. blamed himself No. it's uh oh God issue 120 um she he, he,
4: she, he she's falling off her bridge he dives after her catches her and mm-hmm. yeah have one and she's dead okay
2: which again first time kudos on that I wonder if I'm really right on 120 I have to check that news you don't give a shit abouts. We've heard a lot of rumors that the new big screen take on Fantastic Four from director Josh Trank. Uh, We've heard whispers of a different origin story, lots of talk about more grounded tone for the flick. But we've heard very little from the people actually making the film about what exactly will be different. Now that seems to have changed. Actor Toby Cabell, he's the guy that's going to be playing Dr. Doom in the film, recently sat down with Collider for an interview. Uh, when a talk briefly turned to Doom, though, he offered up a bit of information that reveals a radically different version of the character. Quote, <laughs> quote, he's Victor Domashev, not Victor Von Doom in our story. And I'm sure I'll be sent to jail for telling you that. The Doom in ours, I'm a programmer, very antisocial programmer, and I'm blogging on blogging sites. I'm Doom. Unquote. Anti-social programmer is a little different from absolute ruler of Latveria, scientific genius, and part-time sorcerer. Uh, the rumors of reworked origin stories seem to have been proven, at least in this character... Uh, Certainly speaks to the grounded approach they,
3: red light talked about. Yeah, I, I saw that.
4: I saw that today. I thought, oh, this is going to come up because that is awful. That is ten kinds of awful.
2: That so much smells like '90s comic book movie. This is, oh, Dawson. God, this is yeah.
4: Dawson's Creek, the uh, the Fantastic Four movie.
1: So I, they don't get it. They look at Marvel, and they see the wrong things. They don't see the strict adherence to character, essence of character, and essentially pretty strict adherence to previous comic book storylines. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Get a really good comic book storyline, tweak it a little bit, and there you go.
3: They definitely stick sure, with story give themes. give the
1: Falcon green wings. Fine. Yeah. He's still the fucking Falcon. <laughs>
4: well, if you want to, you want to get total nerd on it. Uh, in his first appearances, he has green wings.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're they don't they're not fucking around with stuff. And I, I mean, it's the first appearance too.
3: Yep. It's not like there you a, go.
1: It'd be work. It'd be make no sense if he showed up in the full suit. Yeah. Now, did you I'm watch be the Falcon? Now, did you watch what?
3: last week? Uh, oh, so you don't have cable anymore. Uh, last week, uh, ABC had a, a hour long special called Marvel 75 Years from Pulp to Pop they actually address how how marvel studios approaches films and it's they bring writers that have written on the past comics they bring in people that have you know inked or drawn for the comics. People that love this material, they bring them in to consult on this. Even if they're not writing the actual scripts, they're consulting on the scripts, they're speaking with these people, and in many cases, the people that are writing the scripts for the screen have written for the comics. So they are are approaching it from a you know, for lack of a better word, from a, a position of love. They love the material. They love the characters. And, of course, they're going to do something a little bit different for the screen because they don't want to completely just rehash everything that they've done in the comics. But they're going to keep to that same theme, that same, you know, Well, it feel. shows. It shows yeah. that they're doing it right. And, oh, yeah. Uh, these other people are cheaping out and
2: giving the reins over to folks who don't understand the material at all. Yeah.
1: It's yeah,
2: but I read that it it just blew my mind into made real all the things I was afraid of about it.
3: Well, you know, and you could
2: make a great Fantastic Four movie if you just watch Marvel vs. Capcom three.
1: If you watch Marvel vs. Capcom three, you (laughs) go, God damn, that Doctor Doom is amazing. Let's make it so Doctor Doom does all that shit. Well, it reminds him shooting laser lasers out of his fingers. Doctor Doom is a badass. Let's have him appearing in. Giant thrones that float above the earth. Let's have him screaming and shooting lasers out of his mouth and eyes and forearms and rockets and yeah, yeah, he's a fucking badass. Like honestly, like you said before, like the whole, um, it's a terrible missed opportunity because he'd be a wonderful opponent for Doctor Strange down the road.
4: Yeah, but oh, easily he's had the the mystical stuff's been there from pretty early on.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying like in film to see a a, a magic battle between him
3: and Strange. Well, that that kind of there's not a whole lot of other magic. Baddies, so that's Dormammu. That passion for the material is not necessarily conscribed to just people who have written, though. When they brought Brian Singer in on the first X-Men, he was a fan of comics, but not specifically the X-Men. But to his credit, he got access to the Marvel archives, and he went through and read a bunch of comics. He talked to a lot of writers, and so he approached it from a knowledge base when he did that first film. Yeah. As opposed to you know all these people that have done like the Fantastic Four and so forth that that literally, it's their first foray into a you know well comic a lot of these guys it's their, or, it's their
1: first director it's the first director of a of <laughs> this a, is Josh yeah. Trank
2: he did Chronicle which is a really good movie I really enjoy Chronicle Chronicle is
1: one with all the kids get the superpowers yeah I haven't seen and that yet done so. as a yeah. found footage style film right. yeah and as a,
2: it as a
3: good it really movie. worked okay. yeah it, it is a good and film. so when
2: they first announced Trank I'm like oh this could be interesting but now I'm just scared.
4: Okay. Now it's just. Yeah, it sounds awful. And
2: in an interesting side note, it was a story we didn't get to a few weeks ago. Marvel is ending the Fantastic Four comic. Oh, I think you mentioned that. Did we mention it? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this is
1: their new tactic, and they're they're good for them. They probably do the same with Spidey, and I feel that's why Spidey's been so weird. No, I haven't been subscribed to Spidey for two years
4: now. Which is it feels strange. Okay, so not getting every Spidey book. Let's go back to because you were saying there was a point where you stopped reading comics because of uh, was it the Clone Saga? I stopped reading Spidey
1: because of Clone oh, okay. Saga. Okay, yeah, way back. Let's in the say because there was that
4: a there's pic- a point where I stopped reading, trying that where's where I stopped collecting everything, where I stopped trying to keep up with the storyline. For me, it was the Inferno storyline in uh, X Men.
1: Sure, that's a tough so, one. It's a point
4: where it's like, nope, done. Oh, you you move that character backwards and forwards too many times. Yeah, it was uh, only.
1: Um, the first couple of issues of the Straczynski run, where I'd heard so many good things, that brought me back into Spidey.
4: But do you think that's a common thing? Do you think there's a point where where everybody reading comics? Yeah, it gets overwhelming. Like, nope, done, done.
1: It gets overwhelming, especially now at four bucks a book, man. Yeah, it ain't no joke. I mean, not every but three, three or four bucks every book. It's a real investment. We start to look at it. I'm yeah. subscribed to fewer comics than I've ever been. I also am a forty year old man. But uh, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. it's some of the best stuff being produced out there. There's some great fucking books, but I really
2: am much more into trades at this point. Right. It's it makes all, more financial sense. It's
1: not that much
2: difference it, price-wise. It's not that much difference price-wise, but comics, especially the new ones, they don't have the value that a lot of people no. assume they would. Oh, no. So that you don't gain anything by
4: getting the individual issues. Oh. But you would never – I mean, a, a book like Power Man Iron Fist, which I loved, I picked up every time, and, and I, every time I read it, it's like, wow, that's – not a really good book but man I, I really want to read more about this shit I mean with it where every story was you know there was no real arcs and stuff and they were just you could tell they were just fumbling trying to I mean that's not a thing you could do anymore that's no. just not yeah
1: they don't have time to fuck around well and everything's so connected with every six right. months there's a super story oh yeah well, it's get, too much it's too much it's happening they'll fix it i hope so weekend geek they will they'll fix it
2: well it's changing the whole thing's changing. it is
1: very very dramatic
2: uh, Star Wars Episode 7 is called The Force Awakens. That's sure. the name of it. That's the only piece of news of that, but I figured we should at least bring it up. The Force Awakens. In my pants, <laughs> as MC Chris said. Does that do anything for you? Positive, negative, neutral, don't care, go forward?
3: Uh, I'm neutral on it. I want to see how it plays into the film, if it actually means anything, or if it's just a you know, cleverly think tank produced
4: I like it because it said a tagline.
1: The, the prequels put it to sleep.
4: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a harmless title. I don't, I don't I think there's think anything wrong that. with it, so that's a step in the right direction. Nothing wrong with it. Doesn't make me cringe. Mm-hmm.
2: There's a lot of really interesting stories this week, guys. This is a good news week. Well, Just Good thing my mouth full of tootsie rolls so you can talk. Yep, you do that. Because Stars has announced... It is giving the green light to a new original series based on the classic horror film series, The Evil Dead.
3: Yes, green light.
2: It will air in 2015. It is officially titled Ash vs. the Evil Dead, or Ash vs. Evil Dead. Bruce Campbell is returning to his iconic role as Ash. Original Evil Dead director Sam Raimi is going to direct the first episode and co-write it with his brother Ivan. Uh, Raimi said in a press release, Evil Dead has always been a blast. Bruce, Rob, and I are thrilled to have the opportunity to tell the next chapter in Ash's lame but heroic saga. With his chainsaw arm and his boomstick, Ash is back to kick some monster butt. And brother, it's this time there's a truckload of it. Campbell weighed in as well, saying, I'm really excited to bring the series of Evil Dead fans worldwide. It's going to be everything they have been clamoring for. Serious dead-eyed ass kicking and plenty of outrageous humor. Um, Uh, what show, what channel is this on? Stars.
1: Yeah. So it's the same thing that, what was, wasn't Spartacus on stars? Yes, Yes, it was.
2: Uh, Here's the plot description stars unveiled for the show will consist of 10 half hour episodes. Bruce Campbell will be reprising his role as Ash the stock boy, aging Lothario and Chainsaw-handed Monster Hunter, who has spent the last 30 years avoiding responsibility, maturity, and the terrors of the evil dead.
4: And drinking mojitos.
2: When a Deadite Plague threatens to destroy all of mankind, Ash is finally forced to face his demons, personal and literal destiny. It turns out has no plans to release the unlikely hero from its
3: evil grip. Now, I'm wondering, probably not for the premiere of this, but... After a couple of weeks back, we talked about how HBO was going to a streaming only um, possibility for for people who don't have cable. Right. Like the next week, Showtime announced that they're doing the same thing.
2: Stars has got to do it, right?
3: That's that's what I'm saying. Like, is Stars going to be close behind? Because that's like one of the only channels we don't have because it's a ridiculous amount of money more just to add that one channel but they do put out good programming. I've watched the the Spartacus run when it's come on to Netflix and so forth. Uh I would love to watch this, but we don't have that. Uh what's it uh Black Flag I think is another stars that's the, right. the pirate one. Yeah. Um I've talked to several people that really really like that. Again, it's not a channel I have, but yeah, I would be willing to, if it were for a reasonable amount of money.
1: That's a show that's it's, it. it's pretty adult, right?
3: What's yeah that? it's pirates it's a pretty uh, it gritty take flag? on Big black flag pirates yeah because it's rated r it.
4: <laughs> so yeah i i want to see that i mean I'm, I'm still not gonna get cable but i'll wait until it gets to something i can watch but you know i can't wait to see you know uh you know sam ash and fiona and michael kick zombie ass yes. crickets sorry <laughs> <laughs> Sam. Ash. nobody else has watched burn notice but me okay never mind <laughs>
1: You're right. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> fucking no! Oh my god. When you're fighting a deadite, it's important to make sure your dick doesn't get bit off, because it'll come back to life as an evil penis and try to murder you and your whole family. I hate that fucking show, <laughs> but that was a pretty good. <laughs> well, I watched. I watched a lot of it on the boat. It was one of the boat channels. I, I like, love well, like the first watch four this. seasons,
3: but man, that, after that, it was, that was just like that poor girl. I feel
1: so bad for the female what star at that show. What happened to the girl? She's a skeleton. She's a walking, living she's skeleton. She's pretty skinny, oh, yeah. yeah. She's, it's, she's a skeleton. It's fucking frightening. <laughs> oh, and really? I'm just like, oh my God, you're a skeleton.
4: I'll give both her and, and uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy plays Michael on that. They both really drop into accents really well. That's, oh, good. Yeah. Good. good for them. But <laughs> good yeah. good actress,
1: just she's a skeleton. I worry about her. She's all skeleton,
2: skin and bones. Academy Award winner, Jared Leto. Uh, One of the many things he's been in, Dallas Buyers Club, uh, may be cast as the Joker, who would reportedly first appear in Warner Brothers' 2016 Suicide Squad flick. The Joker wasn't even in Suicide Squad in early drafts of the script, but director David Ayer, who did Fury, is reportedly tackling rewrites of the film, and rumor has it he wants to add the Joker. With no solo Batman film officially on Warner's massive DC based slate thus far, Suicide Squad seems good place as any to drop the character in, particularly since that film will also reportedly feature his gal pal, Harley Quinn. Did you watch the movie the animated film?
4: I didn't. no, no, I didn't yet. Is that on Netflix, I wonder?
1: Um I don't think it is. Yeah. I don't think it is yet. It's pretty new. Yeah, I it's okay. I talked about it before. Yeah, I think so. Joker's in it.
3: Um yeah, the article I had read that that addressed that was that that they were putting the Joker in more as kind of not necessarily a cameo, but as a secondary character, just because Harley Quinn is in the story. Sure. Well, if but, they
1: stick too close to what they were doing before, or what they did with the animated, they break into Arkham. So okay, yeah. that makes sense.
4: They've they've actually dabbled in uh, Suicide Squad and Arrow too. They, uh, oh yeah, Waller, Amanda Waller does appear and she does recruit somebody. I
1: saw Amanda Waller.
4: She's not big enough. No, she's a tiny little thing. No. Yeah, <laughs> she, they, she, they they changed the the way that that character she is appears. In the, she isn't the woman mountain that she is in the comics, but so. she
3: is stone cold manipulative, just like she is in the comics. So, well,
2: Collider reported that Maggie, oh, sorry, Margot Robbie, who is in the Wolf of Wall Street, is on board Suicide Squad to play Harley. Making her the first actress to ever portray the character on the big screen, now, Robbie's name first came up in association with Suicide Squad last month when reports surfaced that she was up for an unspecified role in the film alongside Will Smith and Tom Hardy.
4: What's Will Smith playing? Don't
2: know. Huh.
3: I think she'd be good in it. She's a she's a good actress. I mean, she does that American accent very well. I mean, she's Australian, if I remember correctly, and. I think you put she, Joker she, in anything, you are gonna have, have people yeah. watching those movies. I'm sticking right. with my theory that this has the best chance of being a breakout
4: DC movie. The this, this, this Suicide Squad has the best chance of being a movie that actually breaks. You're probably the, right.
3: The, um, so mold. very
2: few preconceived notions of mm-hmm. characters in yeah. the general populace. Well, that the Guardians effect. Exactly. exactly. I was gonna say it. Just that
3: yeah. that was something they addressed in that uh, that Marvel special last week. Was that when they decided they wanted to do Guardians, everybody thought they were crazy. It's like why of all the properties you guys own? Why this one? This is gonna fail. It's gonna fail miserably. It's gonna be a box office bomb. On and on and on. And it turns out to be like the most successful movie after the Avengers that they've had. Again, as the geezer in the
4: group. But when I first heard they were doing the Guardians thing, I didn't realize that there's a whole new Guardians. So yeah. I was going back to the 70s Guardians like, wow, that's going to be a weird comic. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, it was weird
1: in the 90s. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, they've
4: rebooted it like the, three times. They yeah. did, they, it's the a weird comic
1: any way you slice it. It's always been a I strange. I mean,
4: well, the main character was like in a suit of armor and couldn't get out of the armor. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just, but I think some of the same characters. They did were,
1: some of that same stuff in the 90s too, yeah. Um, it's the guy who inherited or finds... Captain America shield
4: Vance Astro Vance
1: Astro And he's stuck in that He's stuck in that suit He's basically Captain America In a way He's got like Super soldier powers But he's also From our century Yeah He's in the far future And every time His suit gets a ding in it Or if, it's, if it You know It starts to age Super rapid So he like Almost dies And shit like that Alright Then you got the Big old dude Whose name I can't Remember right now I barely no, remember uh, something That Something X76 Or some shit like that Okay Okay He's got numbers in his name. Well, it was also
4: the in the seventies the comic was was set in like the twenty-five something. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And you got Yandu, who was in mm-hmm. the movie. Right. But his mohawk is cut. Yeah. Which is weird, because like with a big, yeah, big fin, flowing rib. big old fin. Yeah. Thing.
4: Big shark fin, yeah. Yeah.
1: And he wasn't as much of a baddie, he was, no, much he, was, more he, was of a, he
4: was like one of the main heroes. Good guy, yeah. yeah.
1: But but there were other of his race that were evil, which was interesting. Um. Then you got Star Lord, and in the '90s when it was Star Lord and Star Bright or some.
4: Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think Star Lord was in the one in the '70s. The one I, I
1: read now. is that he he changed
4: gender. I remember that
1: the the yep. female version of him was trapped inside, and he he was the dominant personality, always trying to keep her out. And everybody was really happy when she showed up because she was cool, and him as a as as a guy was a real jerk. You know, it was like two people j- fused as one.
4: Sort of like... They were, um, they were big on that in, uh, in yeah. the 70s and What's 80s. Uh, mar What? Marvel? And
1: who's the... Like all one of from... me
4: with Steve Martin
1: and Lily Tomlin? Well, who's the guy from, <laughs> from uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends? He was in there. He's, uh, he's a chemistry professor and his student.
4: That uh, I don't remember. Uh, no, Fire... That, uh, not Firestorm. Fire Lord? There was a Fire Lord, but that was one of the, her- the Galactus' heralds.
1: No, what is his fucking name? I'll look it up, but it's a it's a chemistry professor and his student, and they fuse together to become... Maybe
4: it is Fire Lord. Really?
1: I think it might be. Huh. He's got like an atomic symbol on his chest. Oh,
4: wait. You no. are talking Fire about Storm. a DC character. That's no? Cool. Yes. DC Firestorm.
2: Yeah.
1: Am I getting confused? I you are. So. <gasps> I thought it was in Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends.
4: No. I remember Firestorm. That was Yeah, that was a whole different cartoon. Oh, shit. That was Richard Ryder.
1: No, it's a different guy then.
4: No, wait. Richard Ryder is Nova. I always confuse those two characters. Oh, so they boy. came out about the same time. <laughs>
2: here we
4: go. <laughs> All, <laughs> All right. Back to
3: you. Go back to reading while, while, uh, while oh, 80s. Oh, fit. wait. Here we go. Oh, what you got? Uh,. Firelord Lord Pyrus Krill, a character in the fictional Marvel Universe. Right. The character of the. Marvel blah, 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 blah. Universe. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, but he's uh, a herald
2: of Galactus. There's no way he's a character. Yeah, born
3: professor. on planet Xandar in the Andromeda ga- Galaxy. He's graduate of the Nova Corps. The Silver Academy. Surfer area. It's not him then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah it's it, Firestorm. So, so, yeah, not not yeah. the character you're nope, thinking of. There'll be yada reading uh, on the show. <laughs> well, it, there, there's way too much to go exactly. through here. So yeah. yeah, it's Firestorm
4: he's talking about. It's a DC character. Uh, Disney and Pixar announced that
2: Toy Story 4 will be released on June 16th, 2017. Yes. The film, which, quote, opens a new chapter in the lives of the beloved toys, will be directed by John Lasseter, co-founder of Pixar, who directed the first two two Toy Story films, as well as A Bug's Life and both car films. The script will be written by actress and writer Rashida Jones from Parks and Recreation and actor-writer Will McCormick from In Plain Sight who previously collaborated on the screenplay for the acclaimed romantic comedy Celeste and Jesse Forever. Uh, Jones and McCormick will work from a story developed by Lasseter and fellow Pixar veterans Andrew Stanton and Lee Unkrich, and uh, O&P Doctor, who did Up. According to Lasseter, there was no plan for a fourth Toy Story film until the four filmmakers got an idea they just couldn't let go of. Quote, we love these characters so much, they're like family to us, Lasseter said in a Disney press release announcing the film. We don't want to do anything with them unless it lives up to or surpasses what has gone before. Toy Story 3 ended, Woody and Buzz's story and with Andy so perfectly that for a long time we never even talked about doing another Toy Story movie. But when Andrew, Peatley and I came up with this new idea... I just could not stop thinking about it. It was so exciting to me. I knew we had to make this movie, and I wanted to direct it myself, unquote. With that much passion and wordage behind it, give me four. Green, right, green dude. light. Dude, right. no, green light. Dude, John
3: Lasseter. <laughs> yeah, you
2: put Lasseter on he anything. saved yeah.
1: Toy Story 2.
2: Uh-huh. It was
1: almost direct-to-video. Really? Yep. It was almost a direct-to-video sequel. And he came in at the 11th hour and saw it was garbage and he was so distraught yeah, didn't and didn't he
3: like a make re, do complete rewrites and everything pretty much it yeah. almost cost
1: him his family and his sanity the amount of work and labor he had to throw into that thing but then we got toy story 2 which is arguably the best in the series it's, it's so moving it's so good and he is a man of grand passion and it's so funny they just had an article on on pixar on some uh, website and i was looking through and they had a bunch of pictures of all kind of stuff and it's stuff that i've seen in different uh video shoots and everything but they showed his office have you ever seen john Lasseter's office no and i have it not it is wall-to-wall shelves of toys <laughs> and i was like i showed Anne. i was like does this remind you of anybody's room <laughs> <laughs> it is straight up exactly it's it's, it's different to, different kinds of toys but it's the same the same level of Oh my God! What's no, the matter? I'm wondering Cavaline. if,
3: like, they brought a lot of toys in for the modelers to work with on that first one. I wonder if they, he just kept them all. Like, oh, like he reference. gets every toy he wants. Well, sure.
1: <laughs> he's got. He gets the super rare toys from Japan. Every time something gets licensed from from Pixar, he gets a, a prototype right. or, a, or a sure first wave.
4: Yeah, he's obsessive. Yeah. Those first three movies are so tight, and they, they make such a nice arc. That I I would not want to see a fourth one, but yeah, all that hyperbole there makes me sound like they makes it, me sound it like they got starts something. for a
1: clean new thing. Yeah.
4: yeah, and I can't
2: watch the Jesse song sequence without absolutely just busting up into tears. Oh, oh
4: not, yeah. you're not you're not you're not a human if you can't. Yeah, um, apparently um, when um, Tom Hanks and. Uh, um, the less talented, Tim Allen. Oh, the uh, less talented! Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> what? When they when they were when they were uh, listening at the first time, they were all like, uh, "This is a pretty good song." <laughs> well,
1: yeah. yeah, it's fucking good. Okay, yeah. So here you go, guys. So does this does this, does this remind you of
2: anyone's room? <laughs> wow, I'm looking at a picture, and that is just a huge shelving system <laughs> packed. It's so packed that it's even like crowding the floor mm-hmm. in front. Mm-hmm.
4: Oh yeah. Well, yeah, but, you know, he, oh, that's a pretty big room too. Whoa. Yeah, oh, Wow. Yeah. he's he's got a decent sized office. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, I he's he's up on me, definitely. You are going to have to get to the point where you have like that uh that stuff that I have with the, the libraries with the bowling shelves where it's like, you know, chung 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 and I've thought about
1: I've di- but believe me, I've thought about that kind of thing. I've thought about how do I organize this system? How do I make it really Yeah, Damn I, it. I'm not going to be full Where did shelves. the
3: picture go? Give it to me. It it popped off when uh, he yeah. handed it to me. So did Paul when he saw the picture. I did. <laughs>
2: Interstellar screenwriter Jonathan Nolan will pen and produce a series. Before I go on, I'm so sorry that flip-floppy Matt is not able to join us this evening because this speaks to something he brought up last week, and so I really want his opinion on this.
4: Where the fuck is he? Uh, just carry on He yeah, gave me the text play. He's he just He's got in. a life I understand He's got a life Yeah uh,
2: Jonathan Nolan will pen and produce a series for HBO Based on Isaac Asimov's legendary Foundation trilogy Nice Which encompasses Foundation Foundation and Empire And Second Foundation The books follow mathematician Hari Seldon Who develops a science called psychohistory That can predict large scale future events Selden is able to foresee the fall of the current Galactic Empire and sees two alternate Dark Ages, one lasting 30,000 years and the other extending only a single millennium, that could come to pass before the Second Empire arises. To help create the second, shorter outcome, Selden assembles, assembles a foundation of engineers, thinkers, and artisans and hides them at the far end of the galaxy to protect and expand on humanity's knowledge and sow the seeds of the new civilization. Nolan dropped a major hint about the new project in a recent interview with IndieWire, uh, asked to name one, uh, one piece of sci-fi he really loved that not enough people knew about. He responded, well, I fucking love the Foundation novels by Asimov. They're certainly not well known, but that's a set of books I think everyone would benefit from reading. As a set of books where the influence they have is just fucking massive. They have many imitators and have and many have been inspired by them, but go back and read those. And they there are some ideas in those that will set your fucking hair on fire. <laughs>
4: that's, a lot of, that's a lot that's of like, fucking. That's
2: like Tiger
1: Tiger or uh, The Star is My Destination. That uh, Alfred Bester book. That's really a ton of ideas in there. And it's like, oh shit.
2: Again, another part where the uh, just passion is coming through the yeah. words. Yep. Yeah, I'm so glad that he is the one writing mm-hmm. this.
3: Well, I mean, it's like, you know, you th- talk about music. Some of the best songwriting is comes from an area of passion. Well, yeah. You know, and it's so, it's some of the songs some that, of that are so long-lasting. the really <laughs> best songs
1: come from a place I do Is
4: he the guy that wrote the short story the Memento is based on? Is he Christopher Nolan's brother? Yes.
3: Okay, yeah, then he wrote the short story. Then. Yeah, he's also the creator and producer of... Uh, uh, Person of interest. Yes, thank you. I had it on the tip of my That's tongue. Right. The so, he, and he helped co-write uh, the the Dark Knight trilogy that that uh, Christopher Nolan directed. So I mean, he had a good hand in that.
2: Sure, but so many films are seem to be written with such lack of passion, especially the blockbuster it's art by doves. committee. When you get to that, yeah, thing. right. Same so, thing with AAA video games. Uh, the the Orsi effect, if you will, and if you will. <laughs> if <laughs> so you it's so good to see this in these last two stories.
4: Orsy. Just just grab it and go. Orsi is an Orsi, of course, of course. Orsi sauce,
2: yep. (laughs) Get away from that Orsi sauce. It's
1: bad for your
4: Arby's. (laughs) It's bad for your show.
2: Comicbook.com is reporting actor Costina Ronan, sorry, Costa Ronan will play Anton Vanko in the upcoming ABC series Agent Carter. Anton Vanko is the father to Marvel supervillain Ivan Vanko, a.k.a. Whiplash, who was introduced in Iron Man 2 and played by Mickey Rourke. The elder Vanco is referenced in Iron Man 2 as Ivan is driven to kill Tony Stark because of the sour relationship between Howard Stark and Anton. Anton claims he co-created Stark's arc reactor technology with Howard, meaning that's certainly a storyline that could be mined for the Agent Carter prequel series. Since Dominic Cooper is already on board as young Howard Stark... Seems he'll already have some run-ins with the young version of Anton. Mm. If you're unfamiliar with the actor Ronan, he's uh, likely best known for his role as Russian intelligence officer Oleg Burov in FX-acclaimed spy drama The Americans. Hmm.
0: Hmm.
4: Was that plotline part of the comic?
2: Don't know. Yeah, I really I don't, don't, know. Know. I don't know. I don't know exactly. enough about the Iron Man comic storyline. Yeah, I'll lose it about Armor Wars. That's about where I started getting confused. <laughs> I, I know enough to know the word Armor Wars. That's, that's about it.
3: I saw they had a, an extended sneak peek of Agent Carter on uh, Agents of Shield about a three uh, minute two one two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on YouTube. It's I'm good. very intrigued by this series. I think I think it's going to do well for him. I well, think it's it's, be
2: good. it's nice to see a period series. We'll say that. Yeah,
3: yeah.
4: So the the clip that the clip includes uh, meeting the original Jarvis, Howard Howard Stark. Oh, okay, Butler. yeah, yeah, and of course. So
2: great. Uh, here's two words you like to, uh, that go great together. Mark Wahlberg and Peter Berg, the duo oh. behind the critically acclaimed. Why is this not in Oh, music? I already I read this. This about. is so. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. This might be uh, mis- misplaced. Uh, Wahlberg and Berg, uh, behind uh, Lone Survivor, are reteaming for the feature film version of The Six Billion. Dollar Man
4: Oh yeah uh. Oh man That was a great Mug for you man. Sorry you're all Missing this But man Paul did a thing With his face It was hilarious <laughs>
2: Berg will direct And Wahlberg Is attached to star In the film About former astronaut Steve Austin Who after a horrific Crash of an experimental plane Well I'll tell you
1: what My damn shuttle went down but ain't no fucking way I'm gonna stop i tell you what Steve Austin's gonna get Out of that goddamn shuttle I'm Gonna get rebuilt You know how much money They're gonna put into me Six billion goddamn dollars And I'm gonna come in there I'm gonna step into the ring Knee braces and all I'm going to stomp a mud hole in your ass, son. Austin 316 says, I spent $4 billion <laughs> on me last night. I'm going to spend $2 billion more tonight. That's going to be $6 billion going right up your ass. You understand, son?
2: That's really good.
3: <laughs> yes. I wonder if Wahlberg is going to try to emphasize the fact that he's an astronaut like over 100 times in uh, The Six Billion Dollar Man, much like he did in trans- the last Transformers film. No, so you actually saw that thing, didn't you? Uh, well, I, I, I saw... They did a mashup of the number of times he says "I'm an inventor." Oh, okay. it, to, to 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 reiterate the fact that his character is supposed to be an inventor, and they had the little <laughs> ticker on there. How many it, times is it? Uh, it was something like sixty something times. What? Yeah, in the, throughout the film. Six zero. So, yes. He says he's an inventor. Like, I'm an inventor. I could do this. And it's like it's like but it's because I'm an inventor. It's like I invented stuff like that. Hey, I invented this a long time ago. This is an invention I'd, I you should see it. It's out there on YouTube. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous.
1: 60 times. Yeah. See, these motherfuckers never took an improv class because it's show don't tell. Yeah. It's show don't tell. You just have a show at once to For lay it down. For Christ's sakes. It's a. They've got movie. We've got stage. They've got film. They've got time, effects, a, a props department, a script. Fuck me! <laughs> Good goddamn, stupid sons of bitches! I don't no, know. It's, I just um,
3: I'm, I'm at at I the opinion say wormhole. that you should Ugh. never have to say what you are more than twice in a film.
1: Well geez, sixty well, times I know well, I, mean, I really want to see the supercut. You cut. probably yeah. do have to do that to convince people that Mark Wahlberg's an inventor. <laughs> well, yeah. But <laughs>
3: I live on a farm and I have a, a barn that I do my 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 inventing in. <laughs> Is he more believable as an inventor than
4: and Denise Richards was as a nuclear? I physicist? haven't seen the film, so I can't uh, <laughs> No,
3: she's more
1: believable. I'm sure I'm I sure Christmas it, Day, uh, wasn't that her name? Or Christmas present or Christmas box? Yeah. Christmas box. Christmas Box.
3: It was Christmas something. I yeah. can't remember what her last name was. Or what was her last name? Christmas. The, no, her Merry first Christmas
1: name. was her name. Fucking Merry Christmas. <laughs>
3: yeah, go back to. Us. I just go to back to the line where he says, "Is like she's like you're gonna break the notion that Christmas only comes once a year." And bum, I'm bum, like, bum, <laughs>
1: Christmas was comes uh, every
4: day. What was uh, uh, Steve Austin's boss? Um, Gordo. It was Oscar or something. Oscar, Oscar Gordon. Gordon Goldman. Goldman, yes. Goldman. See, that's the thing I, <laughs> Oscar I, Goldman Sachs. I hadn't, I hadn't seen the show in so long, though. I moved here, when when Oscar Goodman became mayor, you thought it I was had it in my head. Name, that, I mean. No, I had it in my
3: head that it was the same name, and I, I thought that was funny. That you know. <laughs> well, and he's actually not in the the pilot. it hey, gets your votes. Uh, the, the six million dollar man, the two hour pilot. He's not in there. He doesn't appear until like the the first like regular yeah, episode. That makes sense. Um, Bob Beers. I thought for years that he was a joke candidate, but he's pretty damn
4: serious, motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, So
2: astronaut Steve Austin, who, after a horrific crash of an experimental plane, is saved by doctors when he's fitted with bionic replacements, both legs, his right arm, and left eye. I don't know what you sons of bitches did to my arms and eye, but you did a great job. That's all I'm going to tell you right now. I'm really strong, really fast.
1: Watch this. And then one of the doctors will do something
3: like, wow, that movement was stone cold.
2: That movie better be packed with slow motion and that sound effect. And
1: and and
4: they better not show that cutaway where they show how short how short the robotics are on his legs to sort of stop about mid-thigh. It's like, how does that work? <laughs> you know, the ass is involved in walking. The ass is involved in walking. That, that's the, that's the tagline. I was
1: going to say, that's the secret. Six, $6 billion dollar man too. The ass is involved in walking. Hey, guess what, everybody? They gave me a new butt. Now I got a really strong butt now. Say how do you mother for me? <laughs> my butt's incredibly strong. Yeah. I was walking, I was fine. I I was walking pretty good. After that bad wreck that I had in the spacecraft, oh, it was terrible. They said I wasn't gonna walk again, but now I do. You know why? Six billion dollars. That's why I, my uh. butt didn't have any stuff in it. Now it does.
3: That SNL skit so still slays me, Best especially he when did. he when he comes on as himself. Best thing Sandberg and, ever did. My and Sandberg's like leaning in the there. refrigerator he closes the door. And he's just standing right there. And he's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andy. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing?
2: Say hi to my mother for me. With superhuman power, he becomes a force to be reckoned with for the government as a secret agent for the Office of Scientific Intelligence. Don't get me started. S- that's, that's what it was called in the series. I so. know, but I'm talking about the election in my head. Oh, okay. The story is based on Martin Caden's sci-fi book, Cyborg. It became a bestseller when it was published back in 1972. The book inspired the 1970s television series, The Six Million Dollar Man, then starring Lee Majors as Steve Austin. Filming on The Six Billion Dollar Man should begin next year with Dimension Eyeing, eyeing Ironically ironically. A 2016 release Steve Austin Astronaut A man barely alive Say hi to his mother for him
4: See he was knocked out When they put the robot
3: parts in his eyes (laughs) Well he was Yeah he was He was basically dead When they did that in the uh, In the TV series
1: did you guys see they put all the RoboCop movies on on Netflix? Did they? No, no
3: really. I
2: have never seen two and three. Uh, two's
3: um, two
1: something two, special. Two's is
3: okay. Yeah. Two, three <laughs> is three's, a horror fest. Yeah, three's It awful. is. It is, and it's filled with people you'll recognize that as decent actors. Okay, but acting horribly. Like CCH Pounder is in it, it's amazing. and oh, she's wow. terrible. Like, like, I, it, I it's not wow. her. It's the part that's written. You gotta um, see it? Uh, Wasn't that uh, written, written
2: by Frank
4: Miller?
3: Two from, was. Two was, not yeah. three.
4: Okay. I want to say I've uh, seen God, two, but I cannot th- remember a damn thing about it. I, I know I haven't seen three.
1: I had seen it, I think, as a kid way back, but I, don't even, I didn't remember a thing, and I watched it just the other day, and it's incredible. It's got this kid as a villain. It's part of the villainy. This yes, old, like, I don't remember 11, it at all. I, didn't, like, I haven't seen two. year old and Of course, there's this big drug kingpin, and eventually the drug kingpin gets to be a robot. Spoilers, gets to be a robot that fights the, <laughs> yes, the RoboCop. Okay. Yes. But the little kid is amazing. He's so mouthy and, and it's so crazy. Um, he, he's the mayor is trying to save Detroit. Okay. What's crazy is it's all about Detroit going bankrupt yeah, to a corporation. Yeah. Detroit it's,
3: is, uh, how prescient. <laughs> yeah. OCP yeah, I mean, is foreclosing on the city of Detroit. It's
1: fucking amazing how prescient it is. Yeah. And the mayor is this ridiculous guy and he's all, he's all, uh, you can't do this. You, what, what's he say? He calls, he says, he says, uh, you, something old old man. He gives him a crazy name. And he keeps calling anyway. He's nuts, but he's, that thing's a killer. I saw it. Yeah, he goes crazy on the little kid, and the and the little kid starts squeaking or the, he guys starts squeaking and squalling, and the little kid just goes, "Don't be such a homo," <laughs> and it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> it's outrageous. It's like it's very dated. It's that was what its
2: time? Ninety two, maybe that.
3: Kind uh, of I want to say nineteen ninety. Yeah, cause... it's not ninety two. Because I, I remember coming out here for the second time, and it was about to hit the theaters. Okay. But it is some bad news So that bears. would have been like 1990. I, I but, should uh, really fill in that chapter, um, the geek should mexican. We, should we, should um, we fill two, it in? Two I mean... <laughs> two's okay. I mean, it's it's not going to win you over like the first one did, but it's okay. Now, the third one is so terrible. I So back when I'm uh, still living in Wichita... We had this dollar movie theater, and okay. a group of my friends and I were going to the theater. And every now and then, we would just go without any plan to see a specific movie.
2: Sure, that's that's fun.
3: Well, so you know, we got there. There were plenty of films to see. Um, you, the, one of, you one you of one of my that one. No, I didn't. One of my friends was absolutely adamant about wanting to see RoboCop three, and we're like, I've heard bad things about it. You know, we've got you know this option A, B, and C, and he's like, No, no, I want to go see RoboCop three, and I'm that. like. Haney, it's probably gonna be horrible. He goes. We've all I'll had tell you our what.
2: Costner's Wyatt Earp,
3: okay? He's like, I like, tell you what, I'll buy everybody's ticket if we go see RoboCop three. Well, that's a deal. And it was like, all right, fine. What well, was a dollar ticket? Was like yeah, five of you? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> hey, big spender. Well, no, this was this, <laughs> but, is, this is
1: Indiana money. They trade in wheat. wheat. <laughs> no, this it's, was Kansas. I've money. brought
2: four bushels. No, no yeah, but you, you yeah, got it right. Indiana's corn, so oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Kansas, Kansas, Kansas right is wheat. The
3: wheat. Yeah. Right, right crop, wrong state. Yeah, <laughs> but so, uh, there you go. yeah, there's a phrase. Oh my very god, often. it was, it was so bad. It's so bad. You right just take crop, turn punching him state. afterwards. It's, it's, it. Yeah, we 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 laid into him so bad <laughs> afterwards. Like I can't believe you made us go see that. It's the worst thing ever. It's was he all apologies afterwards? No. He was just like, it's like, it's like, you guys didn't even have to pay for the ticket. We're like, we had to spend two hours watching it. We paid it. for it with Give our blood. Give me back by two hours. <laughs> with our blood, we but paid I, for I'm it. I'm not kidding you. Time it is, is a resource. It is filled with actors that you know now that are good actors from TV and movies. You mentioned Pounder. She's yeah. amazing. But it's terrible. Okay, but... Every every part in the film is horrible. Just terrible. I, I, can't, I can't even... I can't even get into it. It's 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 such a painful memory. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of the
4: fact I took the warning and have not seen Batman and Robin. Uh, oh yeah, count yourself lucky yeah, um, on that one. But Paul and I mean, uh, should we see? Should Tork and I see two? Is, is it? Yes, 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 yes.
1: We should. Yes, 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 to yes, two, three. It's, it's, yes, yes. You yes, yes, two, I had two a is really a really good time watching two. Okay. Two is a continuation of it's the, the storyline of the first film. It's it's got a lot of really good stuff going on in it. And it's, it's just cheesy enough to be really
4: enjoyable. But go into it. it Hudson Hawk syndrome, go in with really low expectations. No, no, It's better. It's
1: not that bad. It's not bad. It holds up. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's fun. All right. I, I enjoyed the so
4: movie. Go in with yeah. low expectations and be pleasantly surprised. If Robocop want. 2 yeah. was you 1990. With, you
1: can go in with okay expectations. It's pretty good. It's pretty good.
4: 3 was 1993. Speaking of your filthy mouth little kid, have you seen the video with the little girl swearing?
1: I didn't watch it. The one oh. of thousands?
4: No, no. There's one. There's one. It's, a, it's The one is trying
1: to drive up uh, rape
4: warnings, right? Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's it's a it's basically like stop talking about profanity and let's talk about the real issues. Okay. Like How many rapes happen?
4: Okay, but, it, but it's about five minutes of little girls making really valid points with a lot of cursing. Yeah, and really little girls, really tiny little girls, like holy crap, four and five year old girls. What did you tell her that meant?
1: I love it. All right,
3: all right. So, so just to give you a hint, Todd, of of the the stars that are in the RoboCop Three. Okay, so I already mentioned CCH C- Pounder. Sure, Rip Torn is in it. Terrible. Yeah. I loved him. Freddie Guffing. He's he's a great actor, but he's terrible in this. He makes bad choices. Uh, Stephen Root is in it and yeah. is it a horrible. Uh, part. Stephen Lee um, is a goddamn chameleon. Oh, I know. Bradley Whitford is in it. Holy One shit. One of your favorite actors. Yeah. Terrible in the film. Uh, I mean, just Seriously, Jill Hennessy is in it, and she's terrible. I mean, ah. the list goes on and on, dude. I mean, it's... But it's it's just a bad movie. It's, it's, it's just a bad film. It's just a really bad film. Yeah, I, I, I can't even tell you how bad it is. It's so terrible. Well, nope.
2: There's more villainous Count Olaf coming our way as Netflix acquired the rights to adapt Lemony Snicket's A Series of, of Unfortunate Events as a live-action series. I saw that. Narrated by the fictional Snicket, the children's series of books, 13 in all, tells the misfortunes of orphaned siblings Violet Klaus and Sonny the at the hands of their evil uncle, Count Olaf, as they search for their fortune while trying to uncover the secrets of their parents' untimely demise. Deadline reports that Netflix is currently looking for a director to help recreate Snicket's fantastical visual world for TV, and is producing the project, which apparently is being fast-tracked hand in hand with Paramount Television. Paramount was the studio behind the 2004 movie starring Jim Carrey as Count Olaf.
4: I read the first one. I could see why people liked it. it. wasn't my cuppa. No. Yeah.
3: The film was okay. I, I saw it. It's it's okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know enough about the actual book that it's based on to to say how well it follows the book, but you know, it was okay. Carey is just in it; it's a very different role. I mean, it's he's playing this this old you know gold digger that's trying to you know use the kids to get their their family fortune. So, but he's just very over the top, elaborate, you know, character.
4: Well, full circle. The last thing I saw Jim Carrey do was a, was a clip from Saturday Night Live where he was doing a parody of that Modine commercial for the car. Not Modine. Not Modine. Who is it? Who's the Who does? Who was it? Was it um, Modine?
1: No, it's McConaughey. McConaughey.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just like, was like huh? Modine. What's, what's he doing these
2: days? A lot of television.
1: Very timely that understand. making
3: fun of Modine.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Spot. He's so bad.
1: He was never good.
2: He was. It, it, you know what? That says a lot about Full Metal Jacket that it's still a good movie with Modine
3: in it. Right. Yeah, in lot. spite of yeah. so bad. He's like the lead character throughout the whole film. And it's the dead
2: only know one thing: it's better to be alive. How did
1: he wander through Hollywood for so long? What did he? Do you have like a giant wiener?
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe that's
1: it. It's got to be wiener yeah. for sale. A giant wiener, or a giant throat.
3: <laughs> I think it's just you know <laughs> the the look group. that he had when he was younger. You know they they liked his look and they put him in a bunch of films because they fit what they had envisioned as the character.
4: Rotten, rotten to the core. Rotten, rotten, rotten. I would have said the same thing about Magani until a couple years ago though I love, well, well. I'd love sure,
1: I love it, everybody wants a comeback story, I'd love to see Modine recapture it and come back he now I always wondered okay with stuff in what was, he was a small part as a cuckold husband in some movie I watched a couple years ago and I was like alright Modine, you've figured it out a little bit, hmm. now that you're 50 um, <laughs> but uh I, was it called Enola Gay? Yeah, the he's movie? in Memphis that. Bell.
3: Memphis Bell. yeah. That's
1: why I lost all respect for him. Mm. He does his scene. Paul, get the dick out of your mouth. <laughs> he, does <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> he does this scene where he's... Sounds horrible right now. He does his scene where they're celebrating... <laughs> and he brings champagne over, and he's like going to be shaking up the champagne and squirting on everybody, and it's the most forced, yeah. dumb. Doesn't it look awkward? Celebratory, it's, it's like, the awkwardest. It, yeah, see, Jeff even knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's how awkward and weird it's. He comes, out, he's like,
3: "Hey guys, <laughs> well, they, especially you gotta watch when you're it. talking they, about. They bust Memphis his chops. Bell. They bust his chops the whole movie about him being too serious, and then it's their their final mission together. It's their final mission. After they finish this mission, they get to go home. So he comes out and he's got this this kind of stern look on his face and then he pops the bottle of champagne and starts shaking it up but he never really cracks a smile like like you know kind of like yeah we did it woohoo and spraying the, the guys with the champagne he does this kind of awkward like half smile and he's shaking the bottle of champagne and spraying it on his on his on his crew and it just looks odd i'm
1: saying it's one the the fact that jeff remembers exactly what i'm talking about oh yeah
2: says a hell of a lot it
1: is such a weird moment i was like fuck you (laughs) (laughs) you you took me out of whatever there was in this goddamn piece of shit (laughs) like this movie's terrible but you're worse yeah it was really bad it's a really
2: bad moment. I, I can't believe I have to put Matthew Modine as a subject in this, in this show. <laughs> is that you, Modine? That's it is I, I that's, Modine, the
1: interdimensional outer space being. Maybe that's, that's what the problem is.
4: That's what I bring to the show, humorous uh, mistakes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: A new teaser trailer released by Marvel reveals that the Secret Wars story arc that has been teasing for comics in 2015 will revolve around the creation of a new battle world. Battle World is the previous Secret Wars comic book run was a uh, was a place created out of pieces of different planets by the Beyonder, where Marvel superheroes and villains could congregate to fight. This time around, appears that Battleworld will be constructed constructed from parts of the many different alternate Earths seen in storylines like Planet Hulk, Civil War, Age of Apocalypse, and others.
3: Now, it wasn't uh, Battle World where uh, Spider-Man got the symbiote. Symbio- yeah, that okay, is, yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought I thought
4: so. Remember uh, that. That's an interesting idea. The, the, did they ever do a story about what happened to those planets that had those chunks taken out to build Battle World out of?
2: Not to my knowledge, but that's a great idea. Yeah. Oh. Both Polygon and Giant Bomb are drawing attention to the fact that Ubisoft's embargo on Assassin's Creed Unity, that's the new Assassin's Creed that came out for the next gen consoles only, was set so far into its launch day. That it seems like it was put in place to obfuscate the fact that the latest game in Ubisoft's series has a number of serious flaws and issues. Uh, For those who don't know what an embargo is, uh, reviewers of video games, uh, both in the huge magazines, large websites, uh, shows, they are giving given preview copies, but they cannot release their reviews until the The developer says so. If they break that, then that hurts their chances of getting review copies in the future. Right. So it turns out that this embargo, that they could not release reviews for this game, happens at 2 p.m. Pacific time on the day of release.
4: So in the real world, when you embargo a news story, it's pretty slim. You don't do it very often, and it's for a good reason. Well, I guess they have a good reason. Well, I mean, this product is, sucks, apparently. Uh, Polygon... Is,
2: let, I'll, let me get through this real quick. Polygon Opinions editor Ben Kurecha does a pretty good job of explaining. Kuchera. Kuchera, thank you. Explaining Ubisoft may have weaponized its embargo for Unity to cover up the fact that the game had major failings. Uh, but the news, uh, but the site's review of the game probably does a better job of explaining why Ubisoft wanted to hide reviews before eager fans rushed out to buy the game. Quote. Unity feels like it was taken out of the oven too soon, notes Arthur Giles in his review. He gave the game a six point five. Uh, Kotaku's editor in chief, Steve- Arthur Geese. I just don't know these these names at all. <laughs>
1: at all. As Player One Podcast, they they know these. I'm glad these you're names here to
2: set me straight on these.
1: Just the name pronunciation. These are not Arthur people, Geese. these are not normally people you get want to give a shit about. <laughs> Arthur Geese is infamous on this show.
4: I'll give you a, I'll give you a, oh, sorry. You're no, going sorry. on. Uh,
2: he also is, let's see, where was that? Uh, Arthur Geese. There is Kotaku's editor-in-chief, Stephen Totillo. Stephen Totillo. Totillo. I'm glad you're here. Said that he warned readers about how the embargo would delay the site's review. He also said that he has informed Ubisoft and other companies that Kotaku will no longer accept a post-release embargo tied to a review copy again. When a games embargo isn't up until the day of launch, you need to be careful. Yeah. If it isn't up until a few hours after the game is launched, you should probably run away
1: screaming. This is what I I knew that coming going forward on the uh, the latest WrestleMania or the latest mm-hmm. WWE game, uh WWE 2K15, couldn't find a review anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then when I find the day that it came out, everybody's like shit on this game,
4: shit on this game, the, like, yep, the that- last press release I saw that was embargoed. Mhm. Mm-hmm was uh, I think when uh, Obama was coming to town and the, and the embargo was the actual schedule of where he's going to be when. So the reporters knew where to go, but we weren't telling it to the snipers. That's the kind of thing you embargo. That's you an acceptable yeah. embargo,
3: yeah. yes.
2: Uh, that's not a signal <laughs> that the game may have middling reviews. That's a signal that the publisher is trying to sell copies before the word hits the streets. Yep. This fall, you can count Destiny, Drive Club, which was an absolute disaster, and Assassin's Creed Unity as games with launch day reviews. So keep in mind, the earlier a review hits, often the more confidence the publisher has in the game. For example, there's already reviews hitting for next week's release of uh, Dragon's Age Inquisition. Mm-hmm. Right. The developer obviously is proud of their product. Mm-hmm. Ubisoft said, you cannot release it until 2 o'clock today,
4: when it went on sale last night at midnight, right?
2: Yeah, no, man. It, they're bundling it with a bunch of other
1: uh, with a bunch of it's, the consoles and stuff. It's like, ugh.
4: Every time I hear the phrase "game journalism," <laughs> well, I, I, I see the giant quotes running because game journalism is is like somebody's trying to write a bad parody of what real journalism is. There's it's just there's insane the kind of stuff they do with and, and call it journalism.
2: Sure, and and I mean there's places out there that are really trying. I mean Giant Bomb is excellent sure. at that, but they're also ones that kind of expose this weird dance that the distributors and companies try I think to you get people have to do to take they, this
1: yourselves is- with a grain of salt if you're in that industry the ones who are serious about it are pathetic they got to realize they are pawns in a giant corporate game and if they play that game mm-hmm. fine but you'd best be aware you are not a real journalist you are
2: a joke the, at best. The let's plays are one of the best ways of seeing right. a game in action. There's
1: plenty of ways, and there's plenty of times when they come up with interesting stuff to write about. But no, you're right, Andy. Go ahead. You have the I, stronger opinion. No, on the that.
4: thing is, I mean, I mean, you're, you're looking at a, uh, a reporter who has no journalism degree, has a degree in painting, and I'm defending journalism because of this madness. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. Yeah. I, I'm 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 almost an embarrassment to the baboon except that I can write. Well, this is exten-
1: ostensibly what the whole Gamergate thing was about—the fact that these giant quote-unquote game journalists. Well, that's what it started. and it not devolved trustable. into madness. Yeah, exactly. It's devolved into. Well, insanity. it started
3: with a completely different story and turned into what it what you're saying there, and then devolved. No, into it, devolved was, it was. I think it was first. Them.
1: It was it was game journalists talking smack about their uh, readers. And that's what really sparked it at the very beginning. I think was like the fact. I honestly that have no that, idea where that. That's began. what I thought. That's what I. That's what I understand the whole genesis of it was. It was like, well, then we need to start boycotting these sites because these so, so-called journalists don't care about you at all. What you have to say or think, uh, anyway.
4: And, it's and, a mess. And now all it is 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 uh, assault. it is, it is yeah. literally every, every I've seen. Yeah, it's just posted gross. or essentially now it's so just dumb people shouting. It's
1: just gross. Well, anybody who dares to get involved in that diatribe. There's nothing to be gained no. from screaming into the Internet. No, I, <laughs> <I> nobody. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Nobody's ever won in that game. When yeah. you get
4: busted for assault and battery, the difference is assault and battery is I'm going to punch you, and then you punch him. The assault is I'm going to punch you, and the batteries are punching. Mm-hmm. The the stuff I've been seeing posted, the people are talking. It's just straight assault. It's straight-out assault. Yeah, it's and, gross. And, and, which is against the law.
1: Yeah, it's really gross, the stuff <clears throat> that they put up, some some of these people. They're just kind of mad. But, but we as Internet savvies... Folks that have been on the internet for a while know this kind of idiocracy. Mm. There's a reason why forever. we haven't brought this up, right? This <laughs> right. We're not, no, there's no reason to talk about it.
2: Yeah, but, we're
1: all, all going to get docs tomorrow. But I, but I, but we could just say, you know, for the most part. Like, and that this thing, I listen to Player One podcast, and I love those guys. Those guys mm. are great, and all of them got their start as game journalists, for whatever that means. They're out of the industry now, for the most part, as far as doing that. Now they're all game developers or teachers or what have you. But that allows them the freedom to speak. They can their talk mind. smack about it a little bit. Yes, and exactly, it, it allows their opinion to be totally unfettered by the monoc- uh, monocles of uh, or manacles of uh, of, uh, of fucking industry machination. Money. Right, yeah. the industry money doesn't have them locked down. Monocles works too for them. Monocles, too. Okay, <laughs> I, I think yeah. Okay, but anyway,
4: they're viewing things through the monocle of machination.
1: Yes, it's it's interesting, but you know, not all. People involved in quote-unquote game journalism are bad people. Sure. But there are plenty who take their job far too seriously.
4: But, man, are the assholes loud.
1: Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. They are. But I'll tell you what's really interesting is they've been having a conversation about this on Player One. And there's some culpability on the side of the game journalists and the print magazines that we grew up with as kids in indoctrinating and fostering this culture of us versus them one console superior to the other scream and rant yell because a game isn't good all this kind of stuff uh my playstation could beat up your nintendo 64 and that whole mentality was
3: kind of engendered
1: through a whole generation of of two or three it console runs read. And,
3: right sony does what nintendo don't remember yeah. that and, and that and tagline yeah. sega it and, mm-hmm. and
4: and speak for yourself, Monkey Boy, as far as the uh, the game magazines you're growing up with. My game magazines were about, you know, board games. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well I read It was Antic. called
3: games. I
1: read Antic way back in the day. My dad now, described Antica on the, the while p- we're Atari discussing this,
3: magazine. I I think it should be also addressed that not all review embargoes are nefarious in nature. No, some there of to, them are set because the, it's in development software, sure. and they're constantly um, putting out for the review units new versions uh, of the software. Mm-hmm. So they want that they put that trade embargo, and typically that's before something is released. Now, the day of release, I do agree that is yeah. a that this is, is about a, the weaponization a, yeah. of it. Yeah, well, like, but just I just want this our is the listeners slope, to though. know that it's not always intended to be a. A bad thing. It, a lot of times it's because it's an in-progress software. But this, and is, then they, they over- this is the
1: problem of games journalism in general. What are you reporting on then? You're only reporting on the most polished, well, finalized, uh, exact thing sure. that the company wants you to look at?
3: Well, but what I'm saying Fine is that... I, in
1: a way, but that's a big tactic Nintendo uses. They're very strict I'll about t- the messaging behind their games.
4: I'll tell you one that's right on the as far as comparing journal, regular journalism to game journalism. Um, movie reviews. Sometimes the, you get review copies and uh, and you'll get an embargo saying, please don't mention this plot point. We want this to be a surprise to mm-hmm. people in the
2: Well Almost all game, when they're sent out, have embargo of these plot points mm-hmm. as a whole separate thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. This is just
3: release embargoes. Well, what I was addressing was the fact that a lot of times they'll release the final release version of the software, you know, Like say a week before the embargo expires, so that the reviewer has had time to play around with what it is up to that point and then look at the final release version and then say, Okay, now I'm going to write my review based on this release full release version versus That's an ideal that's an
1: ideal situation. Most of the time if it's not really running well, it's fucked. That's the whole thing with uh, Colonial but, Marines. Alien Colonial Remi- well, Marines part of the huge problem. part of that problem yeah. because that exact same thing. They're like, this isn't finished. This isn't done. Oh, yes, it was. And it got worse, if anything, by the time they released it, right? And so, yeah, it's a fucked up thing. And how do you even report on that? And the other thing is, how do you report on art? What are you doing? You breaking the big story on art? Give me a fucking break. It's somebody's art. Yes. That's what we don't seem to understand. Yes, it's a giant corporate machine of art, sure. but it's
2: art. Dork Lee is a great video game comedy website. Mm-hmm. They do videos and comics. They released a fantastic comic about how the average reader reads a review. <laughs> and basically saying title, number, all this stuff in between about the nuances of the game and what with the opinion about it, of that very subjective opinion ignore all that, just look at the number, and then argue that that number wasn't what you wanted it to be. <laughs> well, that's I remember, how you read a review uh, these days. I remember so in
3: psychology, another? the psychology of reading, the first paragraph and the final paragraph are the only ones that you typically, as a reader, retain. So that's why they put a lot of the meat of the article in those first and last paragraphs.
1: I'm guilty to jumping to the last paragraph every time Sure, when I read a review or even because a preview. Because
3: that's usually where the summary is.
1: Right, that's usually mm. where there's any meat. Um Slim pickings with some of these things. But you're sure. talking
4: about reviewing art. I mean, the uh, the analogy is you're reviewing a sculpture, and then you're always saying, "Is the sculpture keeps falling over?"
1: Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's a knock on the sculpture.
4: Yeah. But, but if you're saying the game doesn't work, there. You know, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. There you go. Mm. That's just it. So, yeah, if your sculpture keeps falling <laughs> over, you probably don't want to buy it.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And you probably don't want people to review it before it comes out.
1: Mm-hmm. But. If your sculpture falls over and breaks in a really interesting way, it might be worth checking out. That's I mean, the I, fucked up thing, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's there's some... That's the whole... Video games are a very tricky thing to review. Sure. But...
3: It's and not every it's, game it's, is for every person. Either. Right. And
1: right. it's one of those things. You, you don't know what's art, but you know what you like
2: when you see it. Sure and this is Assassin's Creed we're talking about. Oh, and I
1: fucking hate that series <laughs> anyway, I don't even care. a
2: yearly thing. I mean, I'm a fan of the series uh, and I thought the last one was amazing and even before learning this, I have an absolute bore on
3: for well, the, game the system, idea of playing this next game. Well, the game you, system in the last one was so It different. was different. Yeah, it had elements of the previous stuff but then it had sure. the whole ship battles. That was the point. part that was interesting, the ship battles.
2: So like you're saying...
3: And the exploration part of it too. Being that
2: it's
1: annualized so they've got a B team, basically. It's the same thing that happened with uh, Call of Duty.
3: Now
2: this one, the B team is the one are the ones that are working on Making the innovative stuff. Classic. The cla- No, this was supposed to be their big innovative this push. Is, this is this was to be only an a released. This the, yeah, this was this an new A team one, just one. Came out. Yeah, this was their big push. Oh, only for the, the new gen. gens. But that's a big part of the problem. The B too. team got the old gen.
1: The big part of the problem is they don't know how to work with the architecture yet. Yeah. So, yeah, they had probably what. Eighteen months tops with this machine.
2: I don't know when the if developer that. kits went out. So, well, the I want to but went I'm out sure they've, so they've, they've been developing prior to the development kits. Yeah, using PCs. So,
1: eighteen months tops. Tops.
2: Yeah, that's tough. It is. But boy, they need to do some new stuff to keep that interesting. If they're going to annualize it like this, and it's just not. It. I understand. It's a very pretty game, and that's great. But the gameplay is getting tired. I finally picked up that Batman Arkham Origins
1: because
3: it's on super cheap now. Mm-hmm. It's boring. You didn't like it? It's boring. It's the same
1: same fight over well, and over again. Well, but it's
3: the same fight mechanics. The story is, is way different.
1: story's okay, but it's too much fighty without enough meat there and it's just a total rehash of the old ones I are you taking all. all the
3: story missions or are you just i've just started doing it. all the okay like, man, i was gonna it's say because if good. all you're doing is the beat up leveling up missions then you're you're missing the, the no bigger picture. Just,
1: i've just started and i just oh, not, okay. i'm not captivated well, like i was with the other ones. i enjoyed
3: it i had fun with it i played it all the way through
1: i'll beat it eventually but it's not right now that was world. a b team one too right yeah it's a different company okay mm-hmm.
2: While Nintendo's Amiibo figures can be used with multiple Wii U and 3DS games, those are the little uh, Skylander-style figures that are coming out for the Nintendo games, it appears they have some limitations. Quote, Amiibo can only store data for one read-write-compatible game at a time, Nintendo tells consumers on its product page. If you wish to use the data from other read-write-compatible software, please erase the data in the Amiibo settings of the Wii U settings menu. Nintendo does say that Amiibo figures that come with data already stored on it can still be used for read-only games, such as those which it unlocks secret items. Nintendo launched a Wii U system menu update that added Amiibo functionality, including the ability to register Amiibo owners and nicknames, delete data written to an Amiibo, and reset the Amiibo outright. So, uh, if you have dreams of taking it from Smash Brothers and then putting it into Mario Kart, you have to erase your Smash Brothers data first. <laughs> Dumb. Yeah, that kind of hurts it. It that, really does, yeah,
1: especially with Smash Brothers because it's supposed to be a whole leveling system thing. It's yeah. Like, give me a break. Nobody's going to do that shit. I mean, a few people will, but no. Though they're lucky. They're good-looking little figurines. Do look Nintendo, good. I'm already going to buy a couple just to have them as figurines, because um, it's Nintendo, but no, thank you. It's a
4: it's a genius concept having the little figures that interact with the games, but this sounds like they uh, jumped ahead without getting it done right. Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, they're already putting out that new DS 3DS that works better with the amiibos. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of why they're putting out that new 3DS. And Bluh I shouldn't have to buy new hardware
2: <laughs> to enjoy your to
1: little choice. $12 statuette. <laughs> Fuck off. This is getting ridiculous, man. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of the e card reader. Oh yeah. Oh that wow. thing. Wow.
4: Ah, see. Yeah, yeah, you had that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah,
1: of course I did. I'm <laughs> a Nintendo fanboy idiot.
4: Okay. <laughs> e card reader. E card reader. E card reader,
1: you plugged into your Game Boy Advance and you you swiped cards through it and it would load information onto your Game Boy Advance. Yep. And then you would put in your games and some games would gain extra levels or lives or you could get extra uh, Yeah, different little stuff. It Some of the e-cards actually had full games on them, like Donkey Kong and whatnot. Were
2: they randomized in packs or something? Or? Like,
1: kind of. There were packs that you, you bought. You straight up bought a pack. There was a pack for Donkey Kong. But you'd so you knew what you were getting. Sp- you'd have to swipe ten cards in a row. Oh, yeah.
3: That's why I remember it. Download you had that-, that thing. He spent like half an hour swiping cards into the Game Boy Advance <laughs> Nintendo, to, to get it to. their hearts, to, hearts are in the
1: right it. place, and they, you know, the collectability, and that's one thing that I do dig about that company. They always stress toy first. It's a toy, right? That's why their shit don't break. That's why they were so hesitant to get into discs, because they wanted stuff that will last forever, and those, the fact that Nintendo cartridges still boot up, Mm-hmm is testament to the, the the quality of the way that company holds it together for the playability and the you know greasy hand sure. shit storm well, a child <laughs> handling I a, just read a drugs.
3: a flashback article on the N64 uh, last week and one of the things they addressed that was that as far as the cartridges if the cartridges had the same memory and memory management capability that modern flash memory has mm-hmm. the N64 could have been an amazing console, sure. Like like it's, it was it was hamstrung by the fact that you know the first carts were like sixteen megabytes, and then mm-hmm. the later ons were, were like twenty four or something like that. I
1: will be thrilled to the gills if Nintendo were to go back to cartridges. If it got to a point where solid state memory. It's cheap enough, which is getting there.
3: It is, it is. It's getting it there. is there. Yeah,
4: no, I mean the difference the thumb drives, man, the, yeah. the, outer, the you can get so much memory for so mm-hmm. little money now. Mm-hmm.
1: To stick cartridges full of stuff. I mean, we still we still got cartridges for the 3DS, which is great. Is having a physical cartridge is still a wonderful thing. It those is those things compared to a disc. Oh, uh, I just bought uh Gauntlet Legends. Gauntlet oh. Dark Legacy. Oh, okay. For the uh, Xbox. I found a copy. Uh, at local game store, uh, used game store. Um, What do they call it? Gamers Paradise. Shout out to Gamers Paradise. Great store. But the copy they got me was pretty scratched up. So they gave me a pretty good deal on it, but it was still janky. So I played it off the disc to start, Mm -hmm. right? So I've got my old uh, Xbox hooked up, and it goes okay, and then it hung. And I was like, ah, shit. But since I've got a hacked Xbox... I just went ahead and burned the whole disk onto the hard drive, and now I can play it without any problems because it stored all the data and didn't get snagged up on the... Sure. So, could so, you
4: burn it to a jump drive?
1: No. I just burned it onto the hard drive that's in that system. I got a big extra-sized hard drive, and those games are tiny now when you yeah. look at it. It's ridiculous. Um,
4: but the question is, could you burn it to a jump drive with the system you have right now? No.
1: Okay.
2: Not with what I have.
1: No, what I don't be, think
4: there's any connector for a jump drive no, for the not, old not Xbox. not for an
2: old Xbox.
1: But for the new Xbox or for the 360s, there's possibilities. But, yeah, I'd love to see, you know, more cartridges come back. That'd be great.
3: The The only issue that they have right now with current memory is, like, for high-def games, is that the, the read speed on flash memory, for the most part, is still much slower than optical. I mean, it it's, you know... With especially with the hard drives, if you do like a direct download, that hard drive is able to access the data much faster and has a, has a much greater throughput than than your you know which is your typical why SD cards we're going and so that forth.
1: Way, But I hate it; they're all digital shit. But just, I mean, it's getting like, better. Really, feel I feel mean, like we've lost
3: something there. The uh, I was just reading uh, a review on some SD micro SD cards. This one is hundred and twenty-eight gigabytes micro SD card. And it has, uh, I think it's a 95 megabytes a second read speed. Wow. And like a 50 megabyte per second uh, write speed. That sounds fast. It's about $120, give or take. Depends on where you find it. But, you know, when you consider that the average read-write speed is about 20 megabytes a second, that's a really good improvement over just a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about improving over that over within Uh, the next 18 months. It's all
1: exponentially.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Super, 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 which is great. This one just makes me so excited. Normally I don't do game announcements, individual game announcements, but this one I just have to bring it to the table.
3: Mm -hmm. All right. Is it Jost? Is it Jost? Publisher Square
2: Enix and developer Avalanche Studios have officially announced Just Cause 3. Oh, that's your game. Oh, it's so much fun. The games are known for their massive open worlds to explore, and the third entry will bring fans to the Mediterranean. Uh, Of the announcement, Avalanche founder and CEO Christopher Sundberg said, We've been waiting for this moment ever since Just Cause 2 was released. This is the culmination of a decade's worth of open-world evolution and innovation. In Just Cause 3, we've sent Rico to a beautiful Mediterranean archipelago. Thank you. He is, of course, bringing his grapple and parachute, both with game-changing upgrades as well as a -A 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 brand-new wingsuit. Just Cause 3 truly represents the next generation of chaotic sandbox fun. We can't wait to show you more next year. Scheduled for release in 2015 for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. That game was so much crazy entertainment. Two? Yes.
1: I have it. I still have yet to play it. I bought it when it was super on sale on Mm -hmm. Xbox Live. I have it on my on my hard drive, but I haven't played it yet. That just had, I played a little bit of it way
4: back. Okay, it's for like us dinosaurs, times. what was the gameplay like? What was it? What
2: really made it fun was that you it quickly introduced that you always have a parachute that you can deploy and retract at any point, and a grapple gun. All right, so you can grapple onto, say, a vehicle, and just have yourself pull along parasail style, or you could just use the ground to grapple yourself forward, but you could also attach people to things yeah. for grappling. I remember that. There was that. so so much play with the physics engine in dealing with that. You just stick,
1: that. Uh, grapple on an animal and then
2: onto a car and it'll go? Yeah. yeah. And you're not attached like anymore? And you're not attached anymore. One thing to another. And oh, you, you're fun. firing the grapple off at whatever you want to play with. You can grapple a person to a statue and they'd be pulled up onto the statue. Or you can grapple a vehicle to a statue and pull the statue down. Mm. There's... It's just a physics playground. It sounds fun. And with this much power of the, these systems and PC, I can't wait to see what they do with this. What third system
4: one. did you have it on? That was a Xbox 360. 360, game. yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, I suspect uh, Duncan's going to be seeking that one out because he loves physics engines. It was one of my favorites of that generation. It's
1: pretty cheap right now, used. Like I said, it was on big sale. I think I paid like eight bucks for it on yeah, you Xbox Live. Can probably that. get it super
2: cheap still. Yeah. It
1: out. Yeah, you, uh, it's probably a little tricky to find right now. I don't see it around a lot.
2: I will tell you what, I will let you borrow my copy. I've got
4: like six of your games already. I should bring you some have a back. seventh. All right, <laughs> we're we're so stuck on the Grand Theft Auto Five, it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's okay, place to be stuck. Yeah, I was. I've been. Uh, my my new fun game is to uh, leave my character someplace strange when I end. So when I pop it up in Duncan's watch, it goes, "What the hell are you doing there?" <laughs> I like that. <laughs>
2: A new 3D printing device called the Foodini, developed by Natural Machines, is a 3D printer for
4: food. Worst magician ever.
2: (laughs) The cheese comes out at night.
3: The cheese comes out at night. The cheese comes out at... The printed cheese! The cheese comes out at night. But, But you can print the cheese during the day, too. Why does it have to be at night? What? The cheese can be printed in the day. The cheese can be printed in the day.
1: Watch cheese can be printed. banana. the cheese. The cheese can be printed in the
4: day. <laughs> what? Watch
3: me make a brown banana here. Oh. Oh. <laughs> in about half an hour.
2: From pizzas <laughs> to cookies, you load in the ingredient capsules, and it will. lost <laughs> oh, <laughs> me. And it will, <laughs> and it will <laughs> print capsules. you an edible dinner. Oh. <laughs> Here's how Lynette. Uh, Kuskma, which I have nobody capsules to, uh, tell which me have that's like right.
3: flour and uh, butter and stuff in it. It's oh, not. Mom, of Natural the printer's machine. out of ragu again.
1: Well, go buy a new cartridge.
3: <laughs> this is how she
2: explained the device. It's the same technology as 3D printers, but with plastics, there's just one melting point. Whereas with food, it's different temperatures, <laughs> consistencies, and textures. Also, gravity works a little bit against us. <laughs> As food doesn't hold the shape as well as plastic. In essence, this is a mini food manufacturing plant plant, shrunk down to the size of an oven. Oh, God. The first generation of the device still has some kinks to work out. (laughs) At the moment, it can only print food, not actually cook it. Uh, Though they plan to include that feature in a future model, it also requires fresh ingredients. But they hope to team up with food manufacturers to produce Pre-packaged pods. I can print food
1: right now, too. You know what I mean? Just shape Bert
2: hamburger every way you want.
1: It's like, there you go. <laughs> Has printed some fucking food so, the so. current
2: model costs a thousand dollars though fuck natural you. machine sees this as the first step in a long line of fuck devices you. i tell you what as ces i will be searching they're this on thing the out. right they're on the right track sure good for
1: them just, i yeah, wanted it's... innovations i would love to be able to you know get it to the point yeah, it's got to start somewhere yeah, yeah. it's got to start somewhere replicators and whatnot what's, but what's it's... the line
4: from Firefly? This is pretty much the same thing we have for supper we just made it into a cake yeah <laughs>
2: Scientists have created a robotic simulation that can create the experience of having a presence behind you, similar to the sensation one might feel when they think a ghost or an unknown person is sneaking up behind them. As Popular Science notes, this phenomenon is described as feeling of a presence. A team of neuroscience, <laughs> right? The neuroscience working in Switzerland. Every believe- Christmas I get the feeling of presence. <laughs> I believe the feeling is caused by... Damage or confusion in three areas of the brain. Or by the fact that someone's fucking following you. Mm-hmm. Just because you're paranoid. To test the theory, they. Don't mean they're not after you. They created a robot with the ability to give relatively healthy people the sensation by sending mixed up signals to the brain. It worked so well that two test subjects couldn't
4: even finish. Wait. Why the- do they need a robot? Couldn't it just stand behind them? <laughs> Wouldn't this be something I think just... you're missing the point Yeah, no, I'm saying why do you need something I mean I, robot I assume it's something that moves Wouldn't you just need to like plug the Xbox into your spine Or whatever <laughs> <laughs> that, That's coming by the way oh.
2: The bot works by blindfolding Subjects and letting them push a lever In front of them which is connected To a poking device behind them After doing <laughs> that a while The poking <laughs> sensation is delayed Half a second which apparently Makes one very Very uncomfortable. So much so that people felt like something else was poking them, or they might have even drifted behind themselves. Apparently it's all attributed to a sensory confusion. I want to play with the touchy robot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) The cheese comes out
4: at night. The cheese comes out at night. The moment you may or may not have been waiting for, yes? Is this science or just some cruel prank show? Either way, I'll take it. All right. It's it's, it's Frankenstein,
2: the home game. (laughs) Want to buy one of the many Atari 2600 games that were exhumed from the mass grave of games as part of the upcoming documentary Atari Game Over? No. Well, the city of Alamogordo, New Mexico, is selling about 100 of them on eBay, and they aren't cheap. Boxed versions of E.T. the Extraterrestrial in varying conditions are currently selling between $260 and $500. You've got to be insane. While other titles like Missile Command, Asteroids, Warlord, and Defender are selling around $80 each.
3: Well, it's a piece of history. So no, you know I mean? no, we, it's a piece of garbage. Each it's a literal piece of garbage. Each
2: game will come with a numbered certificate of authenticity from the Archaeological oh, Survey as boy. proof of its origins. No. Purchaser will receive the game as portrayed in photo... This is the description, city property ID tag, the certificate of authenticity, and a narrative with photos of the 1983 burial site and the 2014 excavation. Each item's description reads, the seller does not represent that this item is operable. It was was, buried uh, for 30 years, sold as is, unquote. Around 1,300 cartridges will be released for sale, with the remainder 792,000 games were pulled from the mass Atari landfill, being sent out to museums around the world. The Atari Game Over documentary will de- debut Xbox Live November twentieth. I honestly wouldn't mind owning one of these. I can't pay those I prices, either. but I would love to put together just a box museum piece with one of those on there, with kind yeah. of the, a little plaque of the history. So where's your where's your limit? How much would you pay for that? Put it this way i I am not in the market for a five hundred dollar ET, but I would consider a ninety dollar Defender. All right. That's
1: that's now I have a copy of the documentary. That'd be one thing.
4: Yeah, no, well, and I mean, and has anybody? I mean, I, I obviously haven't seen the documentary, but uh have any of them been playable? Is that <laughs> no? Well,
2: well, many no, of them are still shrink
3: wrapped, but they're they are they, crushed. They are yeah. just
2: plain crushed. No. I mean, I I looked at the eBay listing, and the ones that have boxes, they're just torn to bits. Some more so, than others yeah. it's, it's and some it's, they're just offering the cartridge, but even the cartridge only version of the eT. games are selling at about three hundred dollars right now,
3: so i mean it's it's probably a 50 50 shot whether it's going to operate or yeah. not i mean it's those are, but those cards are pretty durable, yeah,
2: so here's the thing there's, so far' there's, they've released a hundred of them, all right, so they're going gangbusters, but they said that around 1300 will be released for sale, and again, seven hundred over seven hundred ninety two thousand were pulled from that. So my guess is if you want one of these wait a little bit. Yeah. You'll probably be able to find one at a price you're more happy with.
3: And but I mean if it, you need one, they're there. And you're not wrong Paul, it is garbage, but I mean most of your archaeological digs across the centuries when you find something, a lot of times it is garbage. But
1: you can get the exact same thing. You can. The exact same thing. For, for pennies on the dollar. You really can. At yes. a garage sale or any used game shop.
2: Sure, you can probably and It's not a very good game. Yeah.
3: And but you're comparing apples to oranges at this no, point. No, no. Yes, yes, it is an identical cartridge and yes, you can probably ensure that the other one is playable for a lot less, but this is a piece of games history. That, that, no, no, I I,
2: I get his comparison. It would be very similar to a a Game of Pitfall, and one autographed by David Crane. That's kind of the difference. Yeah. There, There is an emotional attachment okay, to a but larger nothing, story arc.
3: And a, and a historical there's significance. There's nothing, though. I don't know.
2: It doesn't seem that... No, I get it. This is certainly not for everybody. Not for me. And what, for why me. it speaks to me, I think, so much is because I've always loved this story. And I dig the story. A, I love that
1: it sure. was true. Uh, but I wouldn't and, pay that kind of money
3: this, I agree. I agree with that. This is an interesting Says window. Says the into guy it. that pays ridiculous amounts of money for He-Man figures. But that's what I'm saying. But they're
1: not from a garbage hole. <laughs> and they're awesome. Oh, but they are. <laughs> no, no. no but there this are is, days it's called when, Mattel. There are days when Mattel and certainly uh, Digital River could be known as a garbage <laughs> hole. But No, No, this is
4: really an interesting window into Paul's psyche because uh, he doesn't
3: collect for the collectability. He collects mm-hmm. for the nostalgia. And and the joy and that's of the what piece. this is too. I mean, yes, it's it's all in the eye of the beholder, is what yeah you're you know, not, we're trying you're, to say. Here you're not buying your the game. Pers- your personal point of view is not wrong. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm trying to say? It's just that other people have. You're you know. buying a piece of history yes. well, versus the game.
1: You. It's they've put a value on it that I think is way off
3: base, and that's just it. They that's not the
2: value they've put. That's where eBay. Bidders it. have taken oh, it, so that's what people are apparently willing to pay. There is no right. sense left in the earth. But what I think everybody is forgetting is the numbers of it. If they're releasing fifteen hundred for right. sale, right. this
1: it's
3: is just 100 of hundred. It's
2: going to be
1: scarce. Oh. That's the other thing too. It's not a scarce thing. Yeah. If they found eight of them, or whatever, but in right. the, and the too, first it, round,
3: in the first round of these types of auctions, always goes for stupid money, Damn. and it's that's for the people that have the money to burn. They don't. Have a price limit. Thirty in their years head. from
4: now, it's a
3: tulips and, and
4: and McFarlane's Spider-Man one thing.
3: Let's put it this yeah. way:
2: don't do this as an investment because you are not going to be able to resell right. these right. at that right. 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 price, without uh, a if doubt.
1: Somebody really wants one. If you really want it, go for it. But certainly, don't buy <laughs> it because you think it's going to be worth something because it's not. No. no, what are
2: you? What's what's worth it to you? Write to us. Comments at uglycouchshow.com We I want to know if you think this is a good thing or it, it sucks balls. It's fine.
4: If what's a good thing, the podcast or the... Uh, sure, the- why not? <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> All of it? It depends. Are, yes. there googly- are there googly eyes on it or not?
2: There's always googly eyes on this podcast. <laughs> 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 All right. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> 80s Jeff. Fact check, the A man of few
2: words. We'll talk to you next week in geek.
3: I would say he's got balls in his mouth. It's probably candy. Candy There's balls.
1: bears in my mouth. Gummy bears.
3: I, I think it's rare that he doesn't have both in his mouth. Yeah. yeah. Or he's talking. Are they bouncing here and there and everywhere?
1: Bouncing over my molars. Depends on uh. how hard he chews. Um, I bought a Monster Energy drink I don't usually get. It's pretty good. Which one's this one? This one is uh, one of their Zeros. Zero Blue.
3: Is it as good as, say, Red Bull Blueberry? Ultra Blue. Is it better than Steven Seagal's lightning bolt? Everything is better than Steven Seagal's lightning yeah, bolt. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. <laughs> I don't mind this at all. Is it satanic? I hope yeah, so. Yeah, that's why
2: I bought it today, actually. Oh, yeah, you, saw, you it, saw that video? Huh? Saw a
3: stupid video. <laughs> on there.
2: I better I, so, buy this Somebody trip. told me about that. What? Oh, what's what's it's, this?
3: It's, it's, again, people misunderstanding um, historical fact. They'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll, take, they'll take a single piece of a larger historical document and then... Twist it to fit their beliefs. What is the document? Oh, it starts with like the cross and the O, and how that relates. That there's and some to, imagery on here that's yes, satanic or something. The, like
1: uh, the M is supposed to be six six six. Yeah, it's six supposed six to. It's he, supposed
3: it's to the be the three nails of Christ, is well, what it is. Right? Whoa! I, I three, believe well, that is one of the arguments. <laughs> that is and one yeah, of the yeah. other <laughs> arguments. That is it. It represents the oh, yeah. the, the, Hebrew, it. the Hebrew. The uh, Hebrew. It's a version of the Hebrew well, version for the beast. For that matter, that's where nine nails got its name. Yeah,
1: and that's so. some of my favorite stuff in the world. So
2: cheers! <laughs> it's all myth. It's all
1: folklore. It they're just
3: they're just twisting it to fit their beliefs. And I like and it. Well, you it, you're
2: selling me on it because as as a metal fan, you make a satanic. I'm in there. Right. Right. So so is that all there is though? It's that the there's most there's metal energy
1: drink things. Ever. That, there's a I, cross I in the O. I stopped watching after a certain points. I was like, what <laughs> the balls? That, the, is the, this? the
4: the the, pin, the puncher at the end was a, there's a cross in the O, and. Uh, when you drink it, Lord you, help you. you turn the cross upside down.
2: God damn it.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Lord forbid you have a tea in your drink somewhere. Yep. Christ, that's great. People that are hilarious. so stupid. Yeah.
1: Wow. Again, it goes back to the whole thing of like if Jesus did come back. The <laughs> Hold last, your breath, yeah. Right. But the last fucking thing he wants to see is cross. it's like well thanks guys glad you thought of me assholes did a lot of other stuff before that day let's just remember that day yeah that's the day i want to be remembered for the worst day of my entire fucking life fuck you Fuck all of you for that shit! Father, get that out of my face.
4: Into my hand, like your hands. Like Frank comes
1: my, back and you show drink. a
2: gas canister.
1: Go watch. Go watch exactly. <laughs> go watch fucking uh, the Idiots Guide to Ideology. Ooh, what's Or no, the Perverts Guide to Ideology, rather? Perverts Did you watch Gu- that yet? I told you to watch that on Netflix. I didn't. Yeah. We'll watch a segment of it tonight and get you educated. <laughs> I need me some education. You all need some edumacation.